0: into the ground we're back another week another great guest we have illustrator artist novelist singer christopher norris on the pod aka steak mountain what's good how you doing
1: (laughs) Hey dudes! Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> we, we were rolling really hard before the intro, and then we had to like calm it down because really? you just fucking to start chastised us.
1: You, you know? chastised us for having a good time, and now yeah. I feel like I'm not allowed to have a good <laughs> Listen, time. Listen, we're
0: not allowed to have a good time off mic. Okay, uh, this is okay. it's got to be on the record. You got to get into character and stay in character but only when the only when
2: we're rolling. Yeah, yeah, you know? I appreciate yeah,
0: you, know? you stepping, you know, stepping back and and being nice to us. I've read in multiple interviews that you you <laughs> like to be a dickhead intentionally. And when it, you rescheduled last week, I'm like, "Oh my god, he's doing the thing."
2: No, you just really you just know it's are just like straight up coming in fucking hot dude yeah i I actually was surprised you didn't
1: put like in in a you know singer of combat combat wounded veteran also
2: known subversive character (laughs) (laughs) it's just like what i've always found over the years is that none of the making art is actually fun for me
0: Okay. That's so, an interesting thing for an artist to
2: say. <laughs> and I'm I'm realistically speaking, I even I'm even reticent to say that I'm an artist at this point. I'm more like a hobbyist, but like um that just happens to do art. But I making art in the capacity that I do for bands and things like that is and whatever. Never looked at like never look at gift horse in the mouth yeah. or whatever, but it's fucking boring. It's like the most boring <laughs> shit. So yeah. Over it's... the years, I've found... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, but... no,
0: I, I was cutting you off, so c- continue on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Listen, I'm the guest, dude, come on. Um, so... <laughs> um, but over the years, I've found that the like the bit, like the Steak Mountain bit, is mm-hmm. so much more of an enjoyable piece of the art. Yeah. So I have found in the past that people are surprised that I'm so accessible or so friendly or so mannered anyways in any capacity
0: okay i you like know,
2: that is because the bit is so like and i really realistically speaking like that bit's so fucking gone at this point in time <laughs> yeah. because I, I who needs to do that shit at 46 you know so <laughs> yo,
1: know honestly i love the bit i read the consequence <laughs> i read the consequence interview and i was like uh oh, this fucking rips what, i want to know what that? it's like i want to know what it's like to work in porn um yeah, you I, did an interview. Consequence. Consequence. Maybe sound, it's consequence. It's like of sound.
0: consequence of sound.
2: It's consequence of sound.
1: Fuck, dude, I don't even remember. That yeah, one. I mean, this was a while ago. <laughs> um, I think, I think you were plugging Hunchback around that time.
2: Okay, that makes sense. Um, so
1: let's just hop into there because okay, everybody sure. knows that you're an artist, and everybody knows, you know, you're a you're a um, a band guy. But like, <laughs> sure. You so so two books hunchback
2: 88 and balding versus no that's old as fuck dude is that yeah so balding versus invisible was a thing i did for this uh german couple who did artist books called uh bong out they're from berlin that's like Mm -hmm. almost 20 years ago actually um hunchback 88 yeah it's it's sort of it's an art (laughs) book though so it doesn't really matter um but uh hunchback 88 was my first novel which uh, originally came out in 2018 um, on a small imprint out of Canada called Permanent Sleep Press, which is since uh, folded, run by this kid named Matt Finner, who's rules. Um, But he just got out of the game a little bit. And then it was reissued last October um, in a deluxe edition by a company out of uh, Lawrence, Kansas, called uh, Inside the Castle. Okay. And... uh, i like kind of uh, you know i re-upped it because they wanted to put it back into print you know for as long as whatever there's printing presses still and uh i decided to like add some art and add some like guest star writers like friends of mine that are better writers than me to kind of do some things in the back of the book but you know i got like johnny ryan in there i got uh, Sammy Harkham, who's this great uh, cartoonist out of LA, uh, a bunch of people, Mark McCoy. Was, wasn't you know. Chris Farron involved in that? Somehow? Chris Farron is in it as well.
0: <laughs> and Another yep. person with a very funny public persona. You uh, know? Just
2: really, like, really one of my favorite people in the world. And his bit is just immaculate. It's- yeah. yeah, I've oh, never
1: yeah. seen somebody wield the internet like a weapon the way Chris <laughs> Farren does. It's fucking he's such insane. an incredible dude. Well,
0: we we'll we'll get to it a little later, but he's ki- he kind of feels like a modern day Adam in this package a little bit in terms of just how he's kind of turning the culture on its head a little bit.
2: I would go for that. I would think that Adam maybe wasn't so mm, aware that he was doing it. okay Okay. all right and and, and, i mean listen again adam's an old friend i did those old records for him and but i think at the time it was uh i don't know maybe it was just where he ended up like i don't think he was like oh watch this i'm gonna be the guy with the fucking drum machine and i'm gonna Uh say funny songs it was just kind of something i can't even remember what the story of adam and his package was but i swear it was something very like like it just happened at a show one time it's like yeah fucking, yeah it's like uh like jud judd or whatever out of tampa oh god
0: like, we've we've talked about Jud on this podcast a, as you should sure, you know isn't there
2: a Jud member isn't a
1: fucking uh one the one of the guys from ass suck yeah in Steve judd, judd. okay wow good, yeah.
0: okay so, well, I,
1: well i read that today and i was like oh that's a cool thing to put together yeah, like yeah. at I the zero no idea. hour
0: yeah, I, um, okay. we'll bring up Adam and his package a little later, too, because uh, it, it has some references to the, mm. the record we talked about. But uh, so we'll, we'll get back to that. But uh, yeah. Andrew. But I want
1: to I want to talk about I want to talk about the books. Yeah. Because I okay, feel so okay, okay. like.
2: Let's, let's see, We were. So I'll, you have things I'm like to like promote. A fucking, I'm like a fucking tangent master. So we're going no. to. Same. Gonna, hey, you're in the right get fucking out. place. <laughs> no, trust me. I know. Because I was like, remember, I was like, I was like, you know, I I I've listened to the podcast before. And I'm like, dude, these motherfuckers run like two hours sometimes. Because everybody's just like, like zooming all over the place. I mean, so which is great. That's good because you know what? You guys are two affable guys who like to talk, and if you get a fucking chatter like me in there, then we're gonna run this thing for like three hours. That's yeah, better. You know, so Um, whatever. Dodgers,
1: Dodgers, Phillies start at ten.
2: We can, we can push it. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: Okay, so so So, Hunchback eighty eight is a horror novel. Yes, it is. Um, It is something that. Is not traditionally plot driven. I I heard it was
0: vaguely horror adjacent, from what I read.
2: You could say that. There's, (laughs) there's, it's. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know how old you guys are. Old enough. I don't know if, um, like what kind of movies you like or what your childhoods, you know, relationship to VHS tapes and bootlegs were. But as a kid, for me. I love movies. Literally, it's all I love. It's the only thing I put effort into. It's the only thing I'm interested in. I don't really like fucking music very much. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't buy records. I don't go to shows, you know? It's, it's, and that's cool. I mean, I know I'm involved with it and everybody I know is involved with it, but it's just not my passion. I love movies. And so, and it's I've been that way since I was a kid. But and, like specifically horror or no, movies in general? Not necessarily. Movies in general. But, okay as an adult movies in general
0: right but as adult films got it
2: yeah yeah, totally adult films
0: (laughs) we'll get Um, into that later too
2: (laughs) but as a kid i was just like i was like a horror kid and like all horror kids in the 80s uh, you know the video store is my best friend and as i started to get a little bit older and started to realize my first you know uh introduction to Fanzines was through horror you know there was like an article in fangoria um Mm -hmm. maybe like Uh, this comic artist Steve Bissett, or somebody wrote about it and they did a thing about horror fanzines. And so I started getting horror fanzines and I started expanding like what kind of horror films. It wasn't just Freddy movies. It wasn't just Michael Myers. It wasn't just Leatherface. It was like European horror films and Japanese horror films and all this other fucked up weird shit. So then I started to order bootleg tapes and this is a fucking long way around to fucking tell you about this stupid book I wrote, (laughs) but like, um, when you'd get like a like say you were like, Oh, I'm ordering an Italian zombie film that was uh ninth generation taped off of a Japanese laser disc, you know. Amazing, yeah. Usually at the end of that, if you just got it from some fucking death metal nut or some fucking weird company in fucking Miami or whatever, a lot of the times at the end of it, they would just like throw in weird shit at the end of the tape, like horror clips. Oh, or like, like mm-hmm. just to fill it up, just right? Just to fill it up. Right, so right. I always loved that, you know, uh, when I used to get those videos and about eight or nine years ago i came back to or actually 10 years ago i came back to new york um from san francisco from working at kink.com and i was back in new york and i had to take this job where i worked for this french photo company and um i just had to sit there all day i barely did any work and Love they that. they were just like be here from please be here from like eight to five you can <laughs> watch movies you can do your weird little drawings you can do whatever you want just <laughs> be in the office if we need you it was a cush job yeah and, yeah. I, and I had it Perfect. for about three years before i moved on device which is where i work now and i um i just started fucking around and i was like you know what like i have time Maybe I'll write a couple screenplays just to see if I can do it. I had never done it before. I did a little bit of it at Kink, um, you know, just working on like, you know, adult film scenarios and things like that with directors, but I'd never actually written like a movie. So I basically like in that my my tenure at this company, this French company, I wrote like five screenplays.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
2: And then I realized like, you know what? Like I would probably, I'm never going to make these because I don't have that kind of drive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm just not an ambitious person in anything other than, you know, like fucking what's three feet in front of me. Like, I just was like, dude, <laughs> making a movie. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. um, that's like not pornography. You know what I mean? Sure. Where like it was really easy to do that shit when you're working in porno, but like an actual fucking movie. Go
0: fuck yourself. I find so... myself
1: have the same problem. So
0: <laughs> I definitely <laughs> these feel these are common problems. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, I wanted to touch on real quick. Uh... Wait, wait. wait. Uh, we're, uh, we're not even we're not even to the book yet Come i am sorry i'm taking well, the no, long, no, 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 no. long i just wanted to I want to take a quick out. a quick little sidestep on like the value of having a job where you don't do shit yeah it's and awesome. you and like cuz i've i've had jobs like that where it's i've been able to then edit photos and work on you know creative stuff like that and it's a, it's like going it's like paying for an office like you you're going to another location to get work done mm-hmm. and Same deal. Like, I've never been funnier than I when I worked at, like, a shit retail job that in a store that no one went in. Like, I've never (laughs) been funnier on the internet. I've never been more creative. So, like, I totally get that. Like, where you just kind of sit there and your mind just wanders out of boredom. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh And now that I
0: work for myself, like, that type of creativity, like, doesn't exist anymore.
2: No, no, no. Because it's... It's you know it's I don't know yeah you're not killing time anymore you're trying to pay the rent
0: exactly know, <laughs> it's it's so true
2: yeah so it's wild so when I worked at this company it was amazing because I had that kind of time and they literally just didn't give a fuck like they're like whatever dude you want to watch fucking five movies whatever yeah, so just
0: make sure the place doesn't burn down you know yeah
2: and like yeah or like it was actually like a job because it's it was a kind of a job where um it was a it was a digital capture company for okay. fashion photographers. Nice. So like, you know, fucking Mario Testino and fucking, you know, any big name that you've ever seen in Italian Vogue, they like provided the cameras and the gear and the techs, but it was at a changing of the guard almost. And this is so fucking boring. Anyways, fuck all that shit. Anyways, so <laughs> I wrote five screenplays and I realized I wasn't going to do anything with them. And I was starting to think like, man, maybe I'll make a, I'll write a book. I'll, you know, maybe I'll start writing a book. And then I started to remember those tapes and i wanted to rec- recreate the that idea of these like kind of clip tapes of just ridiculous shit, you know so i started cutting up these like mostly horror movie scripts and kind of seeing where they fit in and started writing into them and started then kind of looking at books that i liked because also i'm not like a, i'm not some huge reader either so i just don't have the focus for reading um Same. so it's like hard for me so there are writers that i love and but there are always writers that seem like they're almost like they are just writing a movie out of a, in, in book form. Yeah. Know? And so I, uh, I was just like, okay. And then I just started doing it. And then I wasn't going to do anything with it because sometimes I just like to do things to not just to know that I, I could do them. And then it was just like a really weird conversation. This Finner kid, this Matt Finner kid who did permanent sleep press. I started talking to him about a book that he released and he was a combat and reversal fan. And he just kind of was like, have you ever written anything? And I was like, that's funny. You should say that because (laughs) I have a ridiculous book and he loved it. And he was like, I'll put this out, you know, and it was really cool and it did really well. It sold out like whatever that really necessarily means. But I think we moved about 300 copies of it, which is pretty good for just basically selling to like sweaty, like hardcore kids, you know, who remember (laughs) combat, you know? Um and then I started uh I started working on another book. The new book is called The Holy Day. It is coming out in October of this year. Um
0: on, on Rose Books, right? On Rose
2: Books, which is we, we, we um, we like to consider Chelsea. ourselves
0: part of the Rose Books family. It's uh, true. Yeah.
1: Chelsea Chelsea, uh Chelsea should hopefully be coming on soon. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So, Chelsea has big, been my friend. Fans. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea smokes. She's the fucking absolute best. Yeah out of anybody who I say is going to be the best on this podcast, Chelsea is the fucking best.
0: Hell, yeah, the Step best of the best.
2: So she's doing that. She's obviously doing Rickley's book first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came to that situation um just kind of, uh you know, she was also like a hunchback fan. and um we had talked, and once she started Rose books we kind of connected. and I said, you know, I, I kind of got something on deck I'd like you to look at, you know, um because I'd was kind of looking for some direction on turning the holy day into something a little bit more normal. Uh, Hunchback 88 is not normal, mostly because it's like amateur hour. You know? (laughs) Like, it's just, I don't know what I'm doing. And to me, like, some of the greatest art is, like, if you show me a band, I want to hear their demos, because Mm, chances are, when they didn't know what they were doing, like, I want the demos before the first seven-inch
0: yeah they they they
2: haven't figured it out
0: yeah but you i I love it's like watching like a director's early films and you start seeing them put the pieces together absolutely and uh a great example of me me and my roommate have been watching uh love island uk not familiar
2: but sure Uh,
0: (laughs) well people who may be we started (laughs) at like season five Uh and then kind of did three and kind of bounced around a little bit and then we went to season one Right. And you start to see the weird shit that they tried that didn't end up in the later series and the stuff that did and it's interesting to see Is that them. Is a
1: reality show?
0: It's it's the best reality show. It's great. Mostly I just love listening to hear like British slang. I love I love oh, when yeah, people get sure. mugged off by a fit bird, you know? Uh <laughs> <laughs> I do love getting mugged off. Yeah, yeah. Um but <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 always interesting <laughs> to to yeah, to see where people try stuff and seeing what sticks and what doesn't like it's
2: yeah it's it's fascinating it's for me it's not necessarily in those situations it's not necessarily like a like a purity thing or an authenticity Mm -hmm. thing it's just like i love seeing people fumble in the dark and something you know what i mean yeah yeah so when you see like a like combat was like that we didn't know what the fuck we were doing you know what i mean and yeah you know and it just kind of worked out i like that and so i but i was with the holy day i was looking to see what uh what could happen if it was a little bit more norm- normal normal. is still a pain in the ass and there's still a little bit of a fuck around in it. Yeah. But it actually has like a log line where the hunchback 88 is just like, oh, a bunch of fucking like it's like shit splattered in a fucking Tompkins Square <laughs> fucking, you know, public <laughs> toilet, dude. You know, like whatever. We're at Port Authority. You know what I mean? it's yeah, oh, a glory God. hole. Yeah. So like it's just it, and 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 so Chelsea came in and, and she looked at it and she was like, "Yeah, I want to put this out. That's I really actually, you know, I I really like what you've done here." And so we've been working to turn it into a real book. And she's awesome. And that book, The Holy Day, is the log line It is is a uh, a former teen detective goes on vacation to die. Is basically the plot of the book.
0: That's sick. I, mean, I love. I'm, I'm hooked already. <laughs>
2: That's good. And really, I was like so happy when we came up with that log line because yeah. it's really sold people. The the log line might be better than the book, but whatever.
0: So <laughs> You know, that's sometimes that's just how it needs to be, you know. That's how
2: it is. You're gonna know, sell the sizzle, not the steak, you know. Exactly. So, um so that's coming in October. And did I... it just get announced? It was announced when she announced uh Rickley's book. Like, okay. hey, this is coming.
0: Okay. Um are pre-orders we're... up yet?
2: Not yet. They're gonna probably come some sometime this month, maybe mid-month um so you know we're kind of working towards that we're kind of you know we just finished the cover it's you know bullshit like that but we're gonna we're gonna do uh like a big launch sometime this month but i'm hoping or she's hoping like mid-may um so the book's awesome i think but who knows if it really is um and it's got, like, real sentences in it and, like, words that make sense. <laughs> and, yeah, no, it's fucking... It's all right. But uh, it's not uh, some
0: house-to-leave bullshit, you oh, know? fuck off to that,
2: yes. <laughs> and that's been, like, the biggest thing for Hunchback is, like... Yeah. And that's fine. Like oh, I get I thought that. I had House of Leaves behind me. I was gonna go with like this.
0: I wanna, yeah, I wanna yeah. listen to the House of Leaves audiobook and see Doesn't how that translates. <laughs> yeah, I was
2: gonna say it's Doesn't just like exist. it's like seven tracks of talking over each other and yeah. shit. It, it, and, it you know? comes
0: on a re- like the the backwards parts come on a seven-inch that you have to play have you backwards. Both read it? I have not. I've,
2: no. I've uh I've looked at it.
0: Yeah, I've never. I've definitely I've gotten, looked at it in like a Barnes and Noble.
1: I think I've gotten two chapters in before. I'm just like, I'm already out. Like, I, I, yeah, I love already the, I done love the snowing song,
0: uh, Mark Z. Danieluski.
2: Uh. <laughs> I'm just I'm uh, for anyone who can't see him shaking my head because I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, um, what, oh, our, yeah. our
0: fans, well, don't don't. You oh, worry. Well, that's good. That's good. That's good. You <laughs> <So, laughs> are personal
2: fans, maybe. With, yeah. uh, with with House of Leaves, it's. I mean, also like if for house of leaves if um if you were out in two chapters then don't look at hunchback so um
0: <laughs> well we we were trying to find it is there any way to find yeah, a copy no, of yeah, it yeah definitely
2: um if you go to uh it's uh inside the castle.org i think there's a okay, page I feel, like for
0: I, tr- it. I feel like i tried that yeah I tried, and, uh, and and
2: let's let's
0: i love let's we're all doing google. this together
2: let's google while we're all on this podcast recording
0: uh-huh and I love and
2: if you go to authors and you go to nope i'm not on that page because where <laughs> would i be um i uh, don't know there's it listen it, it's somewhere on here
0: okay. there's a
2: link there's a link all right because we'll
0: i it. oh i found hunchback 88 and it just redirects to the inside the castle page oh. again. And I think I found the direct link, and it said it wasn't available anymore. Yeah, I got, so. no, I got, it I got
2: no, uh, Thank you. Uh, I think. No, no, I'm we just, Sorry, guys. I got dinner while we're eating. Oh, okay. yeah, no, while, no while we're podcasting. Um,
1: um, I think we just. I think we just uh, uncovered uh, a conspiracy. No, uh, we can, we can get this back. Maybe that's why the book
2: hasn't been selling recently because they you didn't know it was a broken link. <laughs> the link is I broken. I think we yeah. just figured this out. Well, the, the problem is, is that John who runs it, he just moved. Um, he was doing all the, uh, he was doing all the distribution and all the fulfillment himself. And it recently mm-hmm. moved to uh, a place that's recently been set up. Um, that's kind of catering to all, uh, this certain kind of indie, like all stuff that, mm-hmm. Um and I don't remember what the fucking name of that is. I don't know. Go to stakemountain.com and hit the fucking holy day link. And it's on there. The link's on nice. there. I updated it recently. Um.
1: Okay. So you, I didn't know you lived in New York now.
2: Yeah, I do. I, I, I moved here in 2003 oh. and I was here until 2009. And then I was in San Francisco for three years and then came back here to tw- 2012 and then have been stuck here ever since. So nice. what's your favorite theater in New York? That's a good question. Um, well, depends on what you're in the mood for like if i'm gonna go see yeah <laughs> wah, wah, wah. um i mean i wish but at those prices what the fuck is the point so um i mean i love i love musicals so like i would go to fucking any dumb broadway musical any like fucking oklahoma fucking you know rep fucking thing anything Hell i yeah. love musicals um
0: that's but, very funny to hear like considering your track record of hating music in general
2: yeah <laughs> see it's different though because i usually attribute musicals even in a live setting on broadway to just musicals and movies which is like my favorite genre okay. of film yeah, know, yeah now as an adult and my bit i've got like a fucking whole like soundbite about it that i just it's like when if i can you know when somebody's got just like whatever it doesn't matter do you, so, do you fuck
0: with bollywood at all
2: yeah definitely because no, that's
0: that's like the combination of of movie and there's always a dance there's always a song
2: always. and it's always fucking three and a half hours long
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. um
2: that shit is so vast and crazy that, like, I don't dig deep into it because
0: it's just too much work. There's so much, yeah. Yeah,
2: so I kind of just wait it out and be like, oh, okay, so what's a good one from this year? It was what's interesting a, What's to a see famous one? But
0: or... RRR, like, broke awesome. through into the mainstream, and that, that so was such crazy. a fucking wild ride.
2: Yeah, it's an insane little movie, and they do everything that's dumb about Hollywood. They yeah. do correctly
0: yeah yeah you know what i mean like
2: and that's neat to see it's a cool movie man and i was really excited to see people um for me like i think things like that happening now or the success of anything that's not like monoculture shit like star wars or fucking which i don't mind any of that stuff marvel movies like listen marvel movies are it's like marvel's universe bullshit is like the greatest tv show you know what i mean yeah. you know like it looks like tv no matter how much money they pump into it mm-hmm. and it's just episodic and if you were a comic book kid it's i mean i don't mind it i don't like that it's destroying film culture yeah you know what i mean and that it sets people's like and it sets like these uh it's like the psychotic fan base in play it's, it's so you know?
0: strange how nerd culture quote unquote has become mainstream culture yeah it's wild
2: but also like if you think about it like going all the way back to like even Poverty Row cereals and shit like that that stuff was massively popular and they were just comic books Flash yeah. Gordon so it's had its ups and downs but I think that like with the the wave of New Hollywood happening obviously things like Lucas and Spielberg those guys grew up on essentially trash mm-hmm. and they like shine trash and they put money into trash and then trash became like the thing Yeah, you know and then you know i realistically speaking like the biggest crater in like nerd culture was the lord of the rings movies oh yeah Yeah. in which really like took something i mean i I, you know i'll watch him again someday andrew on a
0: lord of the rings podcast that no one no one knows about i
2: i want to tell i the
1: reason i like the lord of the rings is because i like there are so many times where i'll watch a movie and I'll I'll get to the end, and I'm like, well, what about you know? And I'll name twelve things that like should have been explained. And the thing that I like <laughs> about Tolkien and those books is that everything is pretty much explained. You know yep. what I mean? There's so much material that like you know, there's a whole you know, Star Wars is the same way. Um, you know, anything that has like its own lore, sure. Sort
2: and of And that gets stuff me. is awesome. And and the Dune universe. Oh, I mean every big thing about that and that kind of um galaxy brain as a, as far as like mm-hmm. creation goes you know but you know it's it's amazing to see that stuff but i i just like i find and i appreciate it exists but like with the especially with those lord of the rings movies what i like about those movies is that i like that somebody's passion project actually happened sure. like i know that that was like jackson's thing and the fact that he got into a place where he was like Listen, I want you to give me a hundred and fifty million dollars, and I'm gonna set up fucking WIDA or whatever, in New Zealand, and we're gonna fucking take all the shit that ILM was doing, and like, we'll expand on it, and we'll make these. Mm-hmm. In- it, it's it's amazing to see. Now, that's
0: that's something that I think is the most fascinating part of that for me. I I could really care less about those movies, but the fact sure. that they gave someone who was essentially like a schlock horror director, the keys to that castle, yeah, is insane and the if, fact that he was able to pull it off is insane yeah
2: if he wouldn't have made heavenly creatures into frighteners mm. you know and if he would have just made shit like bad taste and meet the feebles and all that shit and what brain dead was the other and one brain dead if, yeah. if that would have been his tra- like career tra- trajectory and he didn't like up his game to prove that he could do something yeah quote-unquote real like heavenly creatures yeah we wouldn't have been seeing lord of the Rings. Movies. yeah
0: i mean slightly you know different I mean? direction but like fucking sam raimi doing the spider-man movies like i was Wild. gonna
1: say it doesn't kevin smith sort of have the same uh story arc also in a weird way uh, kind of john favreau
0: john favreau well, maybe for sure but like
2: favreau for sure same with like, the
0: russo brothers and all that stuff but like it is yeah people i mean a lot of times the marvel movies they just hand the keys over to whoever and get lucky sometimes
2: <laughs> It, more often than not, they don't
0: I mean, X-Men but, with Brian Singer, they really, you know, <laughs> yeah, but
2: like like that is like a different twelve. yeah, now Brian singer now that that story, but, like singers singers, first two X-Men are very clean, mm. good movies that I think people saw, like you could make
0: real films, minimal shower scenes, minimal mm. shower scenes,
2: <laughs> not many underage people, uh, um, yeah. so. <laughs> boys Long in his out. case you know um, so um, but uh anyways where were we talking about doesn't matter favorite, the favorite
0: theaters in yeah, new favorite york favorite <laughs> theaters in
2: new york are That's you a really nighthawk guy uh i don't like nighthawk um i'll go to nighthawk because i live around the corner from the williamsburg one right um but i for years i i don't like the whole eating food for fucking i hate that like, shit Because for me, the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes are essentially the most important parts of a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so if some fucking idiot in like a Herzog fucking Danzig shirt is like dropping the check. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like watching the climax. Yeah. It's distracting. It's
0: I, true, well, I, I hate the fact with like Alamo and those places. They're like yep. so strict about phone usage, which I'm totally for. Fuck okay. people using their phones. But <laughs> I
2: was about to come after you. you no, know no, what no. I'm like, where's he going with this? No, no. <laughs> no I've, I've
0: gotten into many altercations. Some people to put that shit away in theaters. For sure. But the fact is, I love. I, like, they're very militant about that. But. Yeah. For they sure. also, like, don't dim the lights entirely, and they also walk around giving people fucking soft pretzels and, well, like, yeah. there's so many other worse distractions that, but it makes them money, so it's, like, okay. In yeah, their that's book, totally fine, know?
2: like, and, and I've come to be I've come to be fine with it. Yeah. Mostly because, like, uh, this is, uh, you know, from the, with, with the turnover of, uh, theatrical from showing films to showing fucking DCPs, mm-hmm a lot of the theaters um project really dark like flat out i don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever noticed but sometimes like like if you go to it just a shitty theater like yeah. it looks like they've got like like a fucking light bulb turned off in the projector uh, well it's cuz everyone you know?
0: switched to the digital projectors and they're exactly. fucking garbage and the bulbs in them have terrible light like they're yep i think sure. it might have been the it might have been new yorker or or new york mag or somebody they like went to four different movies with a professional projectionist mm-hmm. and he just rattled off all the issues that was like happening in real time Yeah, of just like, Oh, like the, you know, the sink is off the, you know, like, and it basically just was talking about how terrible the theater experience now is on a technical level.
2: It is. And so ultimately speaking, what I've found out of the AMCs and the regals and everything else that do laser projection of like, you know, first run fucking, mm-hmm. you know, uh studio pictures is that Alamo is the best.
0: Interesting. They're yeah. very
2: conscious of it. And especially the new one that's in uh, lower Manhattan because they're using newer projectors.
0: Yeah. So yeah, and that's like you cr- see, crazy important for digital projection stuff. It's just it the technology.
2: But their oh, Brooklyn this- one is is good and so that's why we go. If we're going yep. to see fucking, you know, if we're gonna go waste our time seeing fucking Ant-Man, you know, like we're gonna go to an alamo because it's just i know that i'm not gonna be like what the fuck is going on yeah i I can't see anything i i had a
0: friend as well who um was a big like against the alamo food experience but then saw like john wick uh, four and it's like three and a half hours long and he was like i was really happy i was like I like needed a meal between when no, I absolutely. sat down and when I left. Like, and it
2: It totally works. And like yeah. I've just I've acclimated myself to be totally fine with it.
0: Now, yeah. do I? What was? Would
2: I rather just be hungry in an uncomfortable seat at like Metrograph? Probably seeing some fucking Chinese. I do love epic. Metrograph.
0: I love you the know. quad. Have you heard I of the quad? Heard. Yeah.
2: Quad's, like, the oldest fucking um, multiplex it, in New York it's City. It's so
0: good. Uh, yeah. I saw the Tom of Finland movie there years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah which, yeah. amazing film. I yeah. haven't heard anybody talk about it since it came out, but fantastic film.
2: Well, things just get eat, eaten these days, and that's I a know. pretty niche thing.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: You know what I mean? But I, I liked it. You know yeah, I mean? fantastic. I, I, you know, it was fucking awesome. So, What's, it, the, theater, what's the theater over by the Morgan L?
0: Um, Regal? Are you,
2: <laughs> no. Are you talking about, like, syndicated? stand syndicated, oh, syndicated. Yeah. yeah yeah so i've never been to syndicated um that's mostly like a because club,
0: right it's like there's like a restaurant in there too like not in the theater yeah, but it's I like, think, a, it's like mean, a bar there's like,
1: yeah there's a bar and a restaurant yeah. i don't know i that was the closest theater to my my apartment when i lived in new york and i i never got a chance to go but...
0: me and andrew saw uh super troopers 2 at the williamsburg amc oh it's during the movie oh, no. past days you mean
2: you, you mean the williamsburg Cinema?
0: That's
2: no, not it's not? No.
0: Oh, um, I don't know. It was that in place. Williamsburg. Andrew Yeah, that was the night Andrew got hit by a car, I think.
2: <laughs> it's on uh it's on Different Grand and, and uh Different Driggs night. or whatever.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, you maybe know? that was it then. But it was it was during the Movie Pass era. Yeah. Which yeah. is back and I've I have movie pass and I've I've yet to use it because it's so inconvenient now.
2: Yeah, it's just it's fucking useless.
0: I need to cancel um, it. They've taken yeah. so much money.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't need any fucking help. We don't need to be encouraging that shit. It's just the um, fact
0: that during the pandemic, the, the ticket buying process has changed. Now everyone pre-buys their tickets.
2: Yeah, of course. And it's I not set that. up for
0: that. Yeah, so.
2: I, I, I only want to be able to pick my seat because, well, like... Yeah.
0: yeah, it's a big, big difference.
2: Because, like, my, my wife and I, like, especially when we first uh, got together and we got married or whatever, she was like, oh, you're, like, a whole different fucking operation with movies, dude. <laughs> you're, like why are we showing up 45 minutes early? It's was like, because we need to get the best
0: fucking seats. You got to pick your seat. Yeah. yeah are you, know, are you not, a, are you a middle guy?
2: Uh, it really, it just depends. It depends on where we are, you know? So okay. for Alamo, um, all the way in the back, because of their theaters are better. If you sit all the way in the back. Okay. Um, if it's an AMC and it's a stadium seat thing, usually like middle, okay. middle, middle up and middle in the middle, you know? Yeah um unless I'm seeing like a long movie and I'm like oh, dude I don't want to have to get up and go to the bathroom and then I'll hit the end you know I'll just buy a ticket yeah. for the end if I'm going yeah, yeah, along. Yeah. but yeah like I love Metrograph and I love I love uh, spectacle theater which is is over here in Williamsburg it's like a micro cinema that shows like cool weird shit um I love I mean really like it just depends on what I'm seeing you know nice you know so like it it's it, it just really is all over the place because Everybody has like a pretty good rep department, even Nighthawk, where they're like, you know, doing making the effort to show old movies and showing them on 35. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of interesting choices all over the city. It's a really yeah. good time post pandemic to be in New York if you love movies.
0: Yeah. Mm. I love uh, the Roxy too. Oh, Roxy okay. does some really cool shit.
2: Let me rephrase The Roxy is my favorite place to see Okay.
0: Like flat I've, out. I've, I've done some work with them and I'm like really trying to do more so I can get in on more of that. Like, I, uh, I, wanna, I, I want the perks. Where's I the love- Roxy? It's, uh, it's, it's in a hotel in Tribeca yeah. okay. called Roxy the Roxy. Hotel.
2: It's in their basement. Uh, and I'm not familiar. I, that sounds awesome. I think it's... they
0: only show 35 mm print, right?
2: Well, no, they have a DCP player because occasionally they'll play shit like Renfeld or whatever. I saw
0: I saw fucking Maniac Cop on oh, film wow. there, which was Absolutely. insane.
2: Was Lustig there as well? Did he do a Q and A or was it just no, no? They yeah. were just
0: running Maniac Cop yeah. one and two on like a random weekday.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're good amazing. about that. I see. Okay, in the city at this point in time, the best fucking like curation, the best environment is the Roxy. Nice. I highly recommend first row
0: because okay.
2: everybody's fucking heads are in your way. <laughs> True. You know, um, and I'm not usually like that guy, but like f- because the screen is so is so much smaller, and the theater itself is so much smaller, it just actually like is all right to be sitting in the first yeah. row. You know, because you're still like tw- you're like in that place. You're like about twenty feet back from the fucking screen.
0: Yeah, you know. I've, so, I've photographed a lot of uh, events that were happening there, and I've mm-hmm. I've gotten in with some of the people who work there. And I, it's time for me to like start pulling strings. Yeah, do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs>
2: my my dream at this point for the holy day for a book event would be to do like a movie and a and a Q and A
0: there. Hey, you know I, know could, I, mean? I could I can talk to some people for you.
2: Yeah, well, you might have to. So
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll hook it up. Yeah, you know, well, I've got, got some
2: the, some connects there, but like not anything strong. So, yeah, yeah, I shot their New Year's with, um, yeah, right. I shot
0: their New Year's party where, um, oh my God, the fucking, uh, he's like the famous video nasties director. I fucking forgot his name. He's part of the new, like, St. Laurent campaign. Oh, Abel? Abel. Yeah. Abel uh, Ferrara's for, band yeah. performed <laughs> New Year.
2: <laughs> yeah i feel like i saw that yeah and fucking um, jim
0: jarmusch was there it was yeah, it was a good old time i
2: mean the roxy is like such a i mean the roxy in metrograph suffers from this too if you go on the right night for the right showing it doesn't matter what it's showing it's just mm. people who want to be seen at the roxy in metrograph <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's very strange like that kind of culture like so like they're just getting like these like downtown like hotties to like sit through like Claire Denis movies and shit that they would never like <laughs> yeah. ever see in their lives because yeah, they yeah. want to be at Metrograph or they want to be at the Roxy on a yep. Friday night, seeing a movie.
0: That's really funny. Like,
2: you know, like I was there for on a Saturday, like afternoon, because they were showing like a really rare um Godard movie called King Lear from the eighties. And it's impossible to see it. It's not on fucking DVD in America. That's awesome. It's never come out on Blu-ray and they showed a 35 millimeter print. And for me, like that's my favorite of his movies. Yeah. And so I was just like, and there was a couple of nerds there, but it was mostly just like people. I'm like, did you guys stumble in from the hotel and the expensive like <laughs> yeah, restaurant, yeah. you know, like you guys are all dressed up and you're really nice looking.
0: I think it might be museum of moving image maybe, mm-hmm. um, but it might be that, or it might be somewhere else. I forget, but someone, I think coming up is showing a 60 millimeter print or what? 70 millimeter, right? 70 yeah. millimeter print of playtime
2: yeah um well uh museum of the moving image has their um uh see it big series which is all 70 millimeter prints
0: okay so it's
2: probably that
0: it might be part of that but yeah the jacques masterpiece one of my favorite movies of all time as it should be and uh, the the fact i can't i'm shooting an event that day and i can't go i'll be like out of state well i'm so because they're showing it like one in the afternoon
2: of course that's their style uh,
0: um, but like the fact i'm missing like the one time in who knows how long to see fucking play time in, in 60 70 millimeters like insane
2: actually i've seen it play a couple times in the past couple of, well not pandemic not the play gears there's nothing yeah. happening <laughs> in the play gears yeah, yeah yeah but like on before the play gears i felt like it played a little bit and i think it um i think uh, you it'll play again
0: it's a I, yeah it's it's I, a perfect movie it's so i was so yeah no it good. is
2: i was mad when they they showed um streets of uh streets of fire Do you, are you guys familiar with streets of fire
0: vaguely I, I don't think i've seen it
2: it's like an 80s movie michael mm-hmm. peray um diane lane okay it's a movie that you look at and you're like is this supposed to be the 50s but you can't really tell like willem defoe is in it like a clean beautiful unwrinkled fucking like, willem defoe is in, <laughs> in it <laughs> Lee Ving is in it oh, you know from fuck. fear okay. you know? <laughs> from, so, from
0: fear <laughs> yeah um he's been in a few movies though yeah he's
2: he's been he had a pretty good career in the 80s actually just knocking around doing like these like
0: just being a a new like a street dude you know Always being a stranger. Hey,
1: dude. that's uh, the same thing that Henry Rollins did. So it's true And he, he true. played
0: a cop in everything he's ever been.
1: except for Wait, except for the chase. No, he was a cop in the chase. Never the mind. Chase, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. funny it, That just came up recently too. I hadn't thought about the chase in years. My god. <laughs> it's it's one of my all-time favorite movies That's I, incredible. Like, I wish it wasn't I fucking love it. <laughs> you know, it's so funny Like I always think of myself as like sort of a you know, I, I'm a movie guy and then yeah. I hear actual movie people talk and I'm like I don't know the Fuck most of what you're talking about. This is amazing.
2: (laughs) But that's the awesome thing about movies is that like there's so many of them and they cater to so many interests and mm -hmm. they are, for me, it's just like, it's the greatest synthesis of art in general. You get everything out of it and they become so personal to you. Like you watch movies for comfort. You watch movies that you've seen a million times because you love them so much because they they make you feel a certain way and they're like a fucking friend. So what what do you think?
1: what do you think about holy mountain corny or
2: no it's not corny um it's like anything like that i can't ever blame the art for how many stupid people like the art yeah okay you know what i mean like the holy mountain you gotta also you gotta think about in context if somebody made the holy mountain in 2023 i'd drag them because people who make cult movies to be cult movies are fucking boring to me Mm -hmm. yeah like sometimes it's successful and there's like somebody who's got the got the got a real talent but most of the time it's just shit like mandy Like, fuck off to that, dude. Oh, I (laughs) I liked liked Mandy. Mandy was interesting
0: because it kind of... That was the movie that, like, it was sent straight on to Video On Demand. Mm -hmm. And then so many people wanted to see it in the theater that they then put it in the theater. Yeah. Which is cool. Like, it had that effect. Absolutely, yes. Uh, It was a fun watch. It's not a... It's not a deep film in any way. Um, no,
2: no, no. And I, I'm not looking for deep films. I just there's just something about it. There's but I think I think it, kind of what you're talking bad. about,
0: and I thought it was kind of successful. Was did you see the Love Witch? Yes. Okay. And that that was something that had a very specific old time Technicolor aesthetic to it. But it lingered in the way the movies of that era did, where there isn't necessarily <laughs> a climax or a big plot. It's just like. It's just, it feels like a slice of time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily start on this big change. It doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. end on this big change. It's just like, here's some shit that happened, and it looks really good, and the costuming is really good, and it's just trippy and weird. Yeah. Just like the
1: Christopher Reeve film Somewhere in Time. I definitely understand where we're (laughs) going with this. That movie smokes, too. So wait, but good or bad? Good, yeah, I love it. I fucking love that. Oh yeah, my god, no, I'm so happy it. you love that movie. No, no, it's I love it so fucking bad. It's yeah. good. I love it. It's great. It.
2: No, it's good. Oh it's it's god. got of. I don't know. I, I've always liked it. I'm, I'm I felt like I saw it a million times on cable as a kid. You know? yeah
0: the, you know, and well, those movies have a specific place in your heart too you know like yeah. just because it's it's like me with the movie airheads i had a rule Ooh. that anytime airheads was on tv that like you just had to finish it yeah you gotta sure. start it like because yeah. they used to play that relentlessly at all hours on like comedy central and it is uh-huh. such a good movie yeah but no, it's, it's literally yeah. it's just like oh like airheads is on there's only 40 <laughs> minutes left like i'll watch the last 40 minutes of airheads you know there
1: was a there was a really weird time i feel like i was i don't know 12 13 years old Um, And they and some channel showed some South Jersey um, uh, the cable access channel showed the Kevin Bacon movie Quicksilver almost every night. (laughs) Love it, and I I love that movie. Love Um, it.
0: It's uh, awesome.
1: I was going with that, but that's it. Doesn't that's matter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> do you guys want to? Do you guys want to talk about Florida hardcore, or do you <laughs> no? Let's keep... talk about the Holy Mountain for a second. Okay. Because I want okay. oh, we'll to. we'll button this up. What we're okay. basically doing is like we're we're taking like one end of a fucking towel, we're filling it full of shit, and then we're gonna tie the other end in. All right. So, I'm glad Holy someone's Mountain. steering the ship
0: here. Normally that's <laughs> yeah, my job. Thanks. So the Holy Chris's Mountain, Mike, from now on. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> This in, is now a movie podcast. <laughs> I, that's
2: fine. Listen, we I we I feel like we could be pretty good at it, guys. Yeah. So, um, but with the holy mountain, it's uh, unto itself. It's an amazing achievement. It's an incredible movie. And then if you think about like the year it was made, you know, you're just like, it really was is that? A, 70, probably one, okay. maybe, you know, it's somewhere in there. Here's just the, the fact here's that it what exists, got me, here's you know?
1: what got me about the holy mountain is the scale of mm-hmm. absurdity. Yeah. You know what I mean? like I, I don't know how else to word it it's It's a movie where you have so many extras and mm-hmm. so many people who are making this art that is just so outsider, yeah that it yeah. just doesn't make. you know what I mean? Like the fact that so many people were so in on it, you know, as an artistic statement it just blows yeah. my mind
0: well. That that was, like, part of, like, the auteur era of films. And, like, they're, like it's weird to think of that, like, from that <laughs> yeah. era, there was so much stuff that was, like, so far ahead of its time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, also this was the time when a lot of outsider art and, like, fringe film was happening in terms of, like, there's a lot of exploitation stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, like, Kenneth Anger did Lucifer Rising, like, in yep. 72, I think. And, Maybe like, same earlier, deal. Just, like, yeah. incredible art pieces of, like, outsider art that then had this resonance that kind of carried on through a lot of the other people, you know, people who kind of... It's, it's like the the band that spurned a thousand other bands, you know? Yeah,
2: it's like Slayer rules, but eh. the law <laughs> of diminishing returns on that sometimes not so great. But, like, that's the thing about <laughs> the Holy Mountain, and, and, and I always feel like this about punk, too, and, and hardcore is that, like, it... The Holy Mountain is just... It's also like a fumbling in the dark kind of situation where you're just like, you know, you made El Topo, you made Fando and Lise before that, other things, whatever. But like, it's just, it's a singular vision and it's really exciting. And I can understand that it also just plays to like a base, like, oh my God, it looks cool for people and it's weird. And I understand the cult around it and like the influence of it. But boy, if I see another Triangle or a fucking idiot in a tall hat (laughs) saying they're a witch in
0: 2023,
2: you can fuck, go fuck yourself. Well, yeah, I
0: think a lot Mm -hmm. of people are like, quote unquote, rediscovering that film. You know, they should,
2: it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But
0: also, like, it's the reason the visuals are so striking is because they are familiar visuals in the sense mm -hmm. that, like, the movie is loosely based off of like the traditional tarot deck, you know, and these are like images that are ingrained. In our subconscious as just like i mean the original tarot deck design is a fucking masterpiece like yeah. it's true yeah what's so it saw called
1: the the starts the, the with an M?
0: Uh, I forget but if you actually i, I saw bet you it my, in, bet you in, my wife knows. in the moma uh the they had the the deck in the moma at one point as uh and it's like if you actually look in the the history of who made the tarot deck it was for like a legitimate like cult like yeah. the actual history behind it is even more insane than the than like the base surface stuff, like it's it's crazy,
2: yeah, it's just unfortunate what it's become, so
0: <laughs> exactly you know, uh, so some some real woo woo shit there too. was
2: I mean, oh, okay. I feel
1: like Holy Mountain made me look at like that era of like early seventies film very differently, right, yeah, so like, like once you get and,
2: access to something like that it it can dent your brain, yeah,
1: you know? and not not related to that, but you know movies like um, Westworld and yeah. Solaris, and you mm-hmm. know just beautiful films. Yeah, um, that original something...
0: Westworld is incredible.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm a I, I'm an Ernest Borgnine stand.
0: <laughs> we know especially, this, especially talking, especially and his work in, stand, dude. In you know, Airwolf, his... yeah, <laughs> Airwolf.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no i'm a fan of airwolf that's fine i'm just like, uh, i'm like i'm like man who's fucking thought about airwolf I'm yeah so yeah mad. i don't think any podcast
0: ever has talked about airwolf and yeah, also I'll do, we're, we're breaking we should, new ground here
1: you know, airwolf was uh, what jan michael vincent that guy's <laughs> dead right didn't he die a couple years yeah. ago yeah i think so what actually. an insane uh what an insane concept for a show. Anyway, uh anyway, so Florida let's, let's,
3: Hardcore
1: or? Listen,
2: because I can talk about movies and we can bullshit <laughs> like this all day long. Let's let's talk oh, about Florida gonna.
1: hardcore. Yeah. So uh, here's what I want to ask you. Um right? what so we're gonna talk about Assuck Misery Index. Um sure. I told you I I've never I had never listened to this record. Mm-hmm. Um, although I know Same. that it inspired a lot of the stuff that I that is really important to me sure um and i had a really hard time drawing that line like i had a really hard time making those connections so um was that like was was Asuck like a a local
2: band for you growing up yeah Asuck and jeff who you've had on the podcast and uh dan ratty and Ponch and all these guys we were in bands with they were in reverse on combat and a lot of kids in tampa or in our age group that were in bands that maybe you've never heard. Of. Um, ASAC was the most important band to us. It was, and Steve heritage in particular, who was the guitar player and eventually the vocalist, um, was such a massive influence on us. Mm-hmm. Everyone like we wouldn't be playing fucking, uh, you know, telecasters with fucking whatever fucking <laughs> weird pickups. And we would never have bought Ampeg heads. Mm
0: -hmm. yeah like we've talked on the podcast before is how we love a heavy band that plays telecasters yeah
2: it's such a good
0: a good vibe
2: steve was a massive influence on all of us at a very at the right time you know what i mean like us trying to figure out how to be in bands and how to uh i don't know just it was he was huge for us and like we were all on a you know where obviously there's like reversal of man text you know group chains you know what i mean with jeff and and everybody who still talks to each other anyways a lot of members in that yeah. band yeah there's a lot of members so the, but like you know the final ride out was me ratty jeff john willie who's like a rockabilly guy now and um god weird, god bless him is always, always one of them you, you know we, he, he was like a fake justin pearson and then now he's like a rockabilly guy so what um <laughs> you you played on uh the revolution summer ep no i played on the final thing which was the uh electric youth crew, crew split so got it the history of that um well, anyways, let's talk about Asak for a second. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get to combat and reversal. Um, so, Asak, for uh, so Ponch, this kid Ponch and myself, we were uh, in school together and we, were, we grew up together and we, you know, loved the same movies and we were basically inseparable for our, our whole entire teen years. And we were really into death metal, just like massive death metal kids, like not a fucking hardcore thing about us. And a uh, death metal was huge at that time in Tampa. It's like 89. Mm-hmm. Like you know, so like deicide obituary, morbid, fucking, cannibal corpses moving from Buffalo to fucking what's called atheist, fucking, cynic, all these fucking like Tampa bands, you know, and um, and we had seen that uh Chris Barnes, who was the original vocalist for Cannibal Corpse, vocalist mm-hmm. for Cannibal Corpse, uh, did just like a guest growl on this band called Assuck Seven Inch, and we were <laughs> like, what the fuck is this, you know? And we bought it, and we were both like. Uh, I think it was maybe I can't remember what seven inch it is, but it was. Uh, we were just like, "What the fuck is this?"
0: We, we and love a guest growl.
2: We love to guest growl, but like the the band itself, like really blew us away. And and we had started to like get into uh, like punk a little bit more around this time. I feel like Punch was maybe a little bit more so because he was a skateboard kid, but like, and we were just kind of like. Uh, just this one ASIC 7-inch really turned us into like punk kids, you know, because we were like, wait, so this band's like not on earache records. And they're like, they're, they're sicker than all these death metal bands. And then we Mm -hmm. were like, fuck, they're playing at some club in like Ybor city, which is like, just a kind of like us weird bar area in Tampa. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: we like went to an ASIC show and it basically changed our lives. Like, like, and then eventually we just, we were around enough. And then, we became friends with like Steve and Rob Proctor, who was the drummer and uh, Paul Pavlovich, who was their original like singer and, and, and just kind of, and they, these guys were all way older than us. Right. You know, and how um, old, how old are they now? What do you say? Huh? Like 60? Probably. Yeah. Okay. I would say that, you know, so because I
1: Rob is the greatest drummer of all time. Maybe one of them. He's one of the greatest drummers of all time. I've never, I've never heard someone play drums. I've never heard someone craft. You know, what do you, do you call
2: it hardcore? Do you call it power violence? Do you like get I into just,
1: the subgenres? Yeah, of
2: I, course. You know, but I wouldn't call it hardcore and I wouldn't call it power violence. I would call it like really a, studied grindcore.
0: It's fr- yeah, it's firmly in mm, the grindcore yeah. sector, I believe.
2: But like not like meat shits or fucking any of these weird, kind of like sloppy, like no nonsense <laughs> garbage, like things that you don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's just like I don't know, knowing Steve all that time during that time and knowing like how like how much like the, how, they were just perfectionists mm-hmm. but it wasn't like dillinger escape plan perfectionists you know what i mean it was just like they were yeah. like studied
0: it wasn't like math core you no. know
2: but like steve was steve and rob were like they were like just like students and they were just like mm-hmm. they understood like galaxy brain like what worked about that music and like how to apply it to something that lasts like less than a minute yeah, you know yeah. and it was just like The the technical, like, proficiency of both of them, they're just masters of their craft of doing something, like, taking something that is, like, so crude and stupid, like Grindcore, and -hmm. just turning it into something that it's so silly to say, but, like, kind of a class act. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, better than everybody else. But then their name is Asak. So that limits <laughs> a whole lot. Yeah. You know? It's like I, when you're um when you're in your twenties and you decide you're not gonna go by Christopher Norris and you go, Oh, I'm gonna be Steak Mountain, and then you're forty six, <laughs> yeah. telling people that you do art under this name Steak Mountain. They named their band when they were in the fucking high school and they were just like these well, ruffian pain in the asses. Yeah. You know, and then they were just like, Oh, it's like probably like how fucking Billy Joe thinks about fucking Green Day. They're like, right. we're in a band called Green Day. Yeah. You know, like so it's like so they it really blew us away and in once we became friends with them rip ponch and i we were roadies on a ass man is a bastard tour
0: Oh, shit. Like, Holy shit. and it was
2: fucking incredible time and we just it it really and, and then when we started becoming like being interested in, in playing music or whatever and starting combat like steve was huge for us he was like what are you fucking nerds doing like <laughs> you're not playing out of a PVM with a rat pedal <laughs> you need to save your money, get a Marshall cabinet and a fucking Ampeg head and just yeah. shut the fuck up,
0: you know, <laughs> and
2: it just like he really like was massive, massive for us, you know.
0: um, Some, Yeah, sometimes you just need that kind of like older brother character to just you, like tell you, you what's good. Yeah. And it keeps you out of like bad taste you know completely
2: he it is is. huge for us
1: it is pretty nice to be able to have those people around that like help you skip steps Uh um i feel like there's a lot of a lot of a lot of younger bands get labeled nerds forever because Uh they like just can't get past that yeah um so misery index in particular where where does that fit into the to the discography
2: well, realistically speaking, I was just going to tell you guys the entire ASEC discography.
0: Let's do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it would have like, taken us like forty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah, but
2: but like for for Misery Index, like I guess it's just it's just like the greatest sum of their parts. You okay, know? you know, like it is really like their truest form as far as songwriting craft, just insanity. You know, so like I, you know, I love State to State. 7 inch and I love Anti-Capital and I love all their other stuff but like Misery Index is like if we're just talking about a record
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's a perfect record.
1: Did somebody yeah. who did this record? Was it somebody or who recorded this record? Was it somebody uh, like Steve did. Um Notable.
2: Oh okay. No, Steve worked for Mora Sound. So okay. Mora Sound was the if you were a death metal band like you went to Mora you came to Tampa to record. Like mm-hmm because it was just where that signature Tampa, De- Tampa, death metal sound like originated at this, this place called Mora sound studios. So Steve was an engineer there. Um, and he, they recorded it there. And a li- I think a little bit at his house, you know, cause he had like a rig at his house that he like set sure. up. Um, but like the combat LP is recorded there, uh, at Mora sound. Uh, this is medicine was recorded at reversal man's. This is medicine was recorded at Mora sound. And he used to sneak us in, at like midnight after everybody was gone <laughs> mm-hmm. so that we could take advantage of the studio and we'd record That's until like 7am cool. and then try to get Jesus out before Christ. everybody came to work. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then we just paid Steve. We were like, Oh, we'll just, you know, we'll, you know, we're we'll just pay you. Yeah. You know, so, um, so that was recorded there and um, yeah. And uh, sound pollution put it out, um, mm-hmm. which was a, I think Kentucky, like kind of like grindy, like abrasive hardcore mm-hmm. label and they put out like some, suppression some, and yeah, a bunch of bands you
0: know? wild heavy music comes out of the like midwest it's oh of course it's yes. crazy
1: yeah because it's slipknot bro the, like
0: i i i want to get him on the pod there's a guy uh joel lover who was in uh he was in a, a number of bands but He he's in a band called apparatus hmm. uh as well as uh Kentucky Waterfall, which is one of my favorites, but like Cyber Grind, Drum Machine. Yeah. Crazy shit. And he we've talked about Wax Vessel on this pod before, but it's a it's a like a one-off label, like record label that puts out stuff that came out during like the MySpace era. Sure. Which fit very specifically in between like the resurgence of you know, the end of CDs and not yet the resurgence of of LPs. So they're doing like one-offs of vinyl presses of these bands. And they re released Kentucky Waterfalls stuff, discography, because it all fit on one LP, you know? (laughs) And it's kind of getting this resurgence. I want to have him on the pod because he was part of this weird Kentucky Midwest, like death metal scene that was happening. And they were all centralized on this label called DeBello Recordings at that time. Mm -hmm. And it was like Destroyer, Destroyer, Robinson. And it was just like heavy black metal inspired, like death metal coming out of like. The 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 dust ball, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with Destroyer, Destroyer, but I yeah. I, I was kind of like around that, especially in the MySpace era. I like once reversal and combat stopped being bands I yeah. couldn't be I couldn't be well, less. It's enthusiastic, very much you
0: know? kind of in that era, and I wanted to talk yeah. about just how much like combat wounded veteran and your aesthetic style and the song titles like just carried on through that music er- like era. And there's there's so many bands that i listen to we talked a little bit about on jeff's episode but like that totally just ripped that aesthetic off and i think yeah. you've talked about it before it's just like oh yeah everyone just tried to do it and just didn't do it right but uh there's so many bands that just completely lifted all of that shit like the neon yeah. you know the neon colors and yeah. the kind of xerox style uh you know over over xerox kind of stuff and <laughs> Yeah, uh, a great example is there, there's a band called uh the great redneck hope mm, and yeah. they had like really long song titles like let's fall in love over aim and fuck it cornerstone festival <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you know and and just funny things like that but you know they they had crazy I know song what titles. Those
1: words mean but um in that context i'm a little lost yeah, but, yeah yeah
0: but like very very similar like spastic grindcore their songs are you know 35 seconds long yeah uh and and there was just a whole era of that stuff that i felt came from just like listening to uh you know i know <laughs> crime scene photos you know yeah would you know
1: would you call florida a um supportive
2: place yes hmm yeah at that time yes
3: mm-hmm.
2: i mean like it's it's, it's funny to look back at now because you don't think about it when you're a part of it, but like, I mean, Florida was producing incredible bands at that time, Palaka, Asshole Parade, End of the Century Party, fucking in Oh uh, my Sto-Bursle. God. You that know? fucking end of the century
1: party record is mm-hmm. unfucking believable. Yes, exactly. It, uh, I've never. I, I buy every time I see it. It's always two ninety nine. I yep. buy a used copy every fucking time I see it, and I always give it to somebody. Yes, because it's such an incredible record that no one owns, and it, yeah. b-
2: it blows my mind that people don't don't. I mean, don't know that. And then by ex- by by expanding on that, I mean one hundred percent agree with you. By the way, they were my favorite band to ever see live other than palaka who only ever played for like four minutes Mm -hmm. um because that's the ideal like hardcore set to me is (laughs) playing for four minutes Mm -hmm. um i'm like i'm good thank you (laughs) um (laughs) um, but like i mean florida was extremely supportive and you got to understand because because we're all kind of overlapping you get a lot of weird things that like across cross genres of people just you know Being friends and Mm -hmm. playing shows together, even just down to people who were too big for us to play with, but like the hot water guys, you know, like Chuck and fucking Chris and fucking Jason Black. I mean, these are all people we knew and we were like friends with. You know what I mean? And so, like, it was a really supportive place. You could go to Gainesville and go to a fucking, like, you know, go to a house show that Palaka and Asshole Parade was playing and it would be all the hot water guys. It'd be a bunch of less than Jake guys. You know what I mean? It would be all of us, like, coming up from Tampa to go see this band, like, see our friends play. So at that time, it was massively a supportive scene. I don't know what it looks like now. You know, because I don't know how much is really actually coming out of Florida. I'm.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, Jeff Jeff listed off a whole bunch of oh, people. Totally, he did. He's yes. real plugged in.
2: Yeah, he's really plugged in. And with then he felt Whip bad and, and
0: listed even more people because there were so many people he forgot. Like, <laughs> yeah. he felt uh, yeah. really, really guilty about that.
2: I guess, like, in my view, because I'm just not part of that world anymore. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot. Of, I'm sure, like, it's the same as it always been has been. You know what I mean? But, like, mm-hmm. at that time, it was, I mean... Everybody saw everybody's band, everybody. You went to 403 Chaos, which was a place that Steve Heritage from ASUC had set Mm -hmm. up in Tampa, you know, because there was kind of like a deficit of like a small kind of place where bands could play. So he picked up fucking storefront in this like really weird, like empty area of Tampa and like opened a record store. And like everybody played there, like everybody Mm -hmm. fucking refused, played there fucking like everyone played there. If you went to Tampa and you were like a small or A, maybe you shouldn't play this size space like fucking band, like refused, you know? Everybody played fourth. And everybody, you saw every, all the same fucking people every fucking night, you know? Like it was a massively like supportive scene. It was fucking cool. You know?
0: We've talked about that too. It's just the community behind shows and like building a community strong enough that people go to shows, even if they don't know who's playing, just because they know that they're going to see their people that they only. Ever see at the show, yeah, for and sure. that was something I was very fortunate about growing up with. I know Andrew had that as well, mm-hmm, and it's just like yeah. it didn't matter if the same band played every Friday, but you went because yeah. all your friends were there, yeah, for sure, and there, was, you, there were so many times I went to shows. And...
1: yeah, there were so many times I went to shows and did I don't even think I stepped inside, <laughs> just because <laughs> like that's where everybody was, yeah, you sure. know it's so funny, Kept me out just, of trouble. like I asked so many Florida questions only because i uh <clears throat> I moved I like grew up in Florida and moved when I was like twelve. So Where like, are you in right, Florida? Melbourne, Florida, oh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. But I think about that all the time. Like, would I have still gotten into punk and would I have still had the same trajectory if I would have grown up there? And it's nice to see like uh Jell is playing a show in Melbourne like next week or something. So yeah, punk, punk in the
2: punk in the park or something like that, yeah. I think. Like with like with uh Jeff's band with uh with uh, Yeah, is it Heaven's Gate or Horse Heaven's Whip? Gate? Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, Heaven's Gate's playing and uh, and fucking Down by Law's playing. Wow. Yeah, so uh, wild. Yeah, they're dusting off, you know, Smalley. You know, they're rolling him out in a fucking wheelchair and <laughs> propping him up. Um, when, when was when was ass sucked done? That was.
1: Or like when when did that band break up? Nineties.
2: Yeah, it's nineties. It's it's kind of in that ninety nine two thousand cusp. Uh huh. Um. I won't get into it here, but it was more, uh, not an implosion, but it was like a personal explosion. Yeah. I, you know, it happens, I, but, yeah, you know sure. what I mean? but it was like one of those things where it just like, it was like, oh man, just an incredible, like, I'm just thinking about it now. And it's funny because like, I, I listen to misery index and I listen to ASAC like more than anything, you know, mm-hmm. more than, or I, I come back to it more than anything, you know, um, from that era, from anything. And, it, 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 you know, they're just, it's my favorite it's like really is my like misery index just to say that i have a favorite record that would be my favorite record right. if, a fe- if a if a favorite record is is uh you know is measured by how many times you've listened to it you know like it's my favorite record
0: hey that's um, what this podcast is all about baby yeah,
2: you know so i in <laughs> and, and uh, you know like i should be saying something cooler you know no. or like whatever but like i love i love misery index i love assuck and so yeah. and and it's really at odds with probably any music that i am interested in now if i'm interested in any music you know so like what, I, what are you
0: interested in right now
2: um if it sounds like it you can ignore it i love it
0: <laughs> lo-fi beats to study to. yeah no like that's really <laughs> that's new, not a lie.
2: national record no not that um <laughs> no like anything like uh, ambient techno uh you know fucking spa fucking ambient like or right. even it, still aggressive stuff. Like you know, if it sounds like uh, it's four idiots in a tin can playing black metal on a fucking boombox, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's ambient as fuck, dude. Oh, dude. say it you just know? sounds right. like white noise at that yeah. point, you know? You know, so like it's just like you know, my 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 um uh, my enthusiasm for music has almost always been up until you know maybe uh, you know where I'm at now is that like. It doesn't matter what it was to me. If it sounds like it's almost going to fall apart, I love it. It nice. could be a fucking Rihanna song. It could be fucking Dua Lipa. It could be, you know what I mean? It could be, it could be fucking Reagan youth. You know what I mean? Like it could mm-hmm. be anything. If it sounds like it's about to come apart, whether from poor skill or too much energy, I I love It, it doesn't matter yeah. what
0: it is. That's cool. You know,
2: like overly technical bands that like, like, you know, not to, to, to despair these guys, but because they're great, but like Dillinger Escape Plan or anything like mm-hmm. that, where I'm just like, yeah, you guys are so sick. But I,
0: <laughs> well, that, that's again, well, like their, too, Dillinger's early in... stuff was so good because it was kind of so frenetic. Yeah. And then they got like too polished a little bit towards the end. For, they for my taste, it same, out. Yeah. same with like Between the Barry to me. Like their early sure. records are insane. Yeah. And then they turned into like a jazz band and it's like, eh, like, <laughs> pass. And um, they, they got to like the weird and like operatic and yeah, they're like insanely technical, but then they yeah. like break down into like jazz standards. And it's
2: like,
0: mm, I yeah, don't it's, know, but awesome. I
2: mean, you can do it, but I, I funny I enough, fuck,
0: you know? funny enough. I actually, I made a note about this because I think I read it in one of the, the interviews you talked about was uh, you mentioned John Zorn's naked city.
2: Wow. Probably. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I went down a fucking hole last night, just yeah. watching Like, and Again, it's, like, we uh, something we talked about a lot on this podcast is, like, finding the missing pieces to certain mm-hmm. things or, like, kind of, like, the missing link yeah. of certain things. Yeah. And there's so much stuff in, like, John Zorn's, like, Naked City era mm-hmm. that translates directly to, like, The Locust.
2: Yeah, of course. Oh, and so yeah, much I mean- stuff
0: like that. And it's, like, it's unreal, the kind of stuff. Like, some someone in the comments of, like, the YouTube videos, which are always fucking hilarious, um, yeah, yeah. literally someone's, like, if smooth jazz exists, that, you know, imparts that rough jazz exists, and this yeah, is rough yeah. jazz. And it's the, there's footage of them doing like a live performance in ninety-two mm-hmm. and they have Yamantaka I doing vocals and yeah, he's from just boredom. screaming yeah. into a microphone. And it's funny, uh the episode we did with uh Jason Stewart about integrity, mm-hmm. I mentioned the lore of like the noise show and reference the Hannah Tarish bulldozer show <laughs> and and yamataka i was in Hannah Tarish, yeah yeah where they drove the excavator through the back of the venue and condemned yeah, yeah, yeah. the place Fucking crazy. which is like, incredible yeah, yeah and it's like it's, there's so many connections and it's yeah. so crazy that john zorn got hooked up with that and like just, I just did this crazy outsider jazz project that yeah. was like well respected in the jazz community yeah it's like what
2: is it it's like it's like him and bill laswell or whatever i think like it's it's what's cool about that stuff and what always attracted me and probably why combat looked and sounded the way it did was that like when we were doing that like moment where we were like Ponch and i were figuring things out because we were just like what else is on earache you know what i mean this mm. we were always like what else is out there kids because like and that comes down to like the mm-hmm. movies that we were became interested in and things like that and like i was talking about earlier with like zines and fucking bootlegs like Ponch and i were like the perfect uh companions as as young men figuring things out because we just like we were always looking to see what else was happening yeah like, oh that's cool but is there something else going on around that what's a cheaper version of this or what's a you know what i mean mm-hmm. and yeah and so when we were getting into death metal and when obviously ASIC dented our brains we were at that same time i think starting to figure out things like like once Asac dented our brains then there's for me it was like shit like well what's all this power violence stuff like cap mm-hmm. casualties or mm-hmm. man is the bastard and then man is the bastard doing bastard noise bastard noise was a huge thing for me as a kid yeah. like that was like Oh, we're foregoing music altogether. And it opened me up to noise, which I loved, yeah. you know, like at that time, like, and, and still do, you know, it's like, if we're going back to like a couple seconds ago, it's like, what do you listen to now? You can always catch me on a new death metal record. Somebody yeah. tells me a new death metal record is sick. I'm going to listen and I'm going to agree. Okay. You know, like, so, but I, I don't actively seek it out.
0: Same thing who's, goes with who's like big noise in the death records. metal world right now
2: jesus christ uh tomb mold uh gate creeper fucking, um command with the k which is the one of the guys from um hoax okay the mm-hmm. singer from hoax that like Mac- mark mccoy put out or whatever that psychotic yeah. hardcore band that's his death metal band that band fucking smokes yeah now i'm not actively searching it out but if yeah. like somebody just like kind of clues me in you know like fucking have, what a blood incantation like great
0: have you have you bands. listened to mark mccoy's city hunter project
2: yeah, it's not his.
0: I thought I thought he was a part of City Hunter.
2: No, he's not. It's um it's a Denver based band. Um, really? did he work yeah. with them at least? Yeah, he put out the records.
0: Okay, that's what okay. Yeah, yeah, Cause for that sure. that record is like I felt like I needed a shower after. It's so wild. <laughs> oh, it's
2: awesome. And it's for a so little while, wild. For a little while, and actually it's in the new book, I was speaking to them about writing a script for City Hunter.
0: Okay, because yeah, it's like a whole narrative yeah, record it's a whole essentially. Thing. Like,
2: yeah so and i like i was talking to mccoy about it and i talked to uh, james and some of the guys in city hunter and i started writing it and then i just kind of abandoned it and then i actually like it it is in the new book like it's like a script uh-huh. that's left behind by a oh they're still crew around that's for at our hotel it. no they're not <laughs> um i think they're on to do other things i think one of those guys maybe is in um mangled state i don't know all that mccoy world that youth attack world you yeah. know like, like Mark is one of my again also one of my oldest friends. He's somebody who I still talk to very often. Obviously, he's married to Chelsea.
0: Well, we'll be leveraging you know? one of you to get him on at some point. Don't worry.
2: He's <laughs> well, if he's married he's, to Chelsea. That seems yeah, like kind of a yeah, yeah. maybe a guest, maybe a guest guest spot just on hers. Um, no, he's really good about stuff like that, actually, and he's such an uh, like I always say this about Mark, and I'm gonna say it here again, and I'm gonna put it on record as as much as I possibly can. I know few geniuses, I might know no geniuses except Mark McCoy.
0: Yeah. Like he's, I mean, hey, like I w- I would say between you and him, like just set the standard of aesthetics of aggressive music in like a way that there would be a huge void if, if either of you didn't exist.
2: I'll 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 agree with that.
0: Okay, you know, like I,
2: right. I, I'll take that <laughs> yeah. I'm a lot better at taking shit like that now, you know years on Yeah, um, But I, think I won't, just I won't like disagree with that bit, the, but- the aesthetic
0: mm. that both of you guys have put on the world of, of that stuff like I said even just the combat wounded veteran stuff of just The neon colors alone mm-hmm. in yeah. aggressive music and kind of turning that idea on that on its head Yeah, and getting away from yeah, like the the single color black t-shirt graphic mm. bands, you know, and and it it just, yeah, it just, I mean, it went a little too far the other way at some point when everything was neon colors. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, it's, <laughs> but, it's it, uh, that shit, like, any new thing is, like, ink in the water. Locus yeah. pulls out keyboards, and then everybody thinks they're Justin Pearson. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, so, it it happens. So, like, that really originated, it's funny, like, we were talking about things like Naked City and things like that, because we were looking for things that were, because the ass dented her head and Man is the Bastard, we were, mm-hmm. like, actively searching for the fringes of something that we immediately got into. We were like, this is all cool, but... yeah what else is out there? Yeah, you yeah know, yeah, and So, yeah. And it's like, an Eric had Naked City on a compilation. Really? Like, and we were like, what the fuck is I this? Said, and then we went down the John Zorn hole and we were like, yeah. wait, so this respected downtown New York jazz Ooh,
0: artist. Once you get in that John Zorn you know, hole. It's,
2: it's fucking too much. Uh, it's a
0: lot. But hey, you know, that, that's Zorn actually really zone. funny, though, because Eric, yeah. if like an incredible label that I feel like gets overlooked a lot, but Eric, has done Do so much you... stuff over the years.
2: They have, they've pivoted to something really strange. Cause I don't think anybody who originally was at earache, yeah is A- like digby pierce obviously doesn't exist at e- eric anymore and he was like the guy yeah. um and they like do like weird like goth rock records now well, and everybody's pulled their catalogs and like you know relapse is fucking got an obituary and yeah i don't know well, where think, any yeah, that morbid was, shit is you I, I, know, I was but- gonna bring up relapse because i feel like relapse
1: has sort of the same arc of
0: kind of oh funny enough i think uh when I think I first came across Earache in, like, a conscious way was they were the ones who in... They've released, like, the first Bring Me the Horizon LP. Oh, yeah? Back when they were, like, a death metal band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that... I mean, that record still holds up. It's wild. Because yeah. now they're nowhere near a, a shadow of what they were as Ben. They're, like, one of the biggest UK rock bands now. But they play, yeah. like, very radio-friendly, overproduced kind of bullshit. Right. But they, they put out, like, houses. a heavy... Yeah death metal record and earache yeah. was the one who i think released it in the u.s and i bought it from relapse records in philly
2: right
0: when they had their little upstairs room yeah
2: yeah, yeah. Off south I, street I, yeah I, I remember that thing. but like previously earache...
1: that place was the best record store that of all was time so good if, if it was we, so good if we may uh corrupted image was the greatest philadelphia record store ever i don't think i, ever I would never there. i would never have known who like charles bronson was yeah. if it wasn't yeah, yeah. for corrupted image.
2: Yeah, I don't think we are I don't think I ever went there. We were I you know I don't I haven't been to Philly actually that much, but um but even yeah, I don't know I it was it must have been open around 99 and 2000, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we must have missed it. We were there for a little bit on the last reversal tour because we lost our drummer and we pulled in the Jeremy from Kill the Man Who Questions to learn all of John's parts really quick what, for what a
1: week. What a fucking underrated fucking band. Dude, they were a great. Kill band. the
2: Man Who Questions
1: I You know, I I remember seeing Kill the Man when I was early high school and uh-huh. just being blo- first of all, I, I, I don't think I had ever seen women in hardcore before. Sure. Um, which was a huge thing, but it yeah. was uh, what a fucking amazing band. Holy shit. Yeah,
2: they were great. And that last reversal was in Europe in 2000 and everything fell apart for us as uh-huh. a band. Um, and then we got back to the US and we had something like I feel like I maybe it was six weeks, maybe it was nine weeks tour with Kill the Man Plant. Mm-hmm. Jesus! And uh, when we got back, John Willie, the drummer for Reversal, basically quit. And we and also we literally came home to one of our friends' uh, fathers like passing away. So it was just like uh, the world's terrible. worst. Yeah. Like we were get we were supposed to get home from Europe, and then fucking go on tour, you right. know. And Matt Copeland, you know, is the singer for Reversal. He came back from. Europe. We all came back pretty fucking beat from Europe.
0: Europe Um, just fucking takes it takes it out of you on tour. Like,
2: here's the thing, though, (laughs) is that like if you're a band the size of Reversal in 1999, and you go play fucking Europe for 13 days, and you basically play Germany for fucking eight of those days, you're gonna have a really good time. Yeah, you're gonna come back with punk rock money. You know, like pretty easily. Yeah, and then so the boys did that the summer before. Um, before we went on our nine and a half week like electric youth crew tour with combat and reversal. And when I got in the band that summer, like once we got home, i I was jumped into reversal. <laughs> and um um, like barely playing guitar, barely knew how to play guitar. Um, but they lost their guitar player, and they're like, well, let's just get Chris to do it because half of fucking combat ended up being reversal anyways. And um, they're like, we're gonna go to Europe next summer, you know, and we' you know what? it's incredible we made so much money we had such a good time for the 13 days we're gonna go for like fucking six weeks
3: oh my god, Jesus
1: god. so
2: we when we booked it we we hit up this guy euro and euro and was um he was in dos oath with with mccoy mm-hmm. um and uh up some you know netherlands straight edge bands and shit like that and um and ran a label with somebody i can't remember what the fucking label was called um anyways doesn't matter um and we told him we wanted to go everywhere, and we didn't want to play Germany. And he didn't—he t- <laughs> didn't tell us not to do that. <laughs> and so we had a terrible fucking time, just on an earning level, like on being able to survive.
0: Yeah, you
2: know that, like, like, and then like our shirts got fucked. And we basically just we just got, you know, it made us all better friends. Like,
0: it either goes one way yeah, or the other. Fucking yeah. shared yeah, you know, like, trauma, of course. Yeah, no. uh...
2: and like we weren't ever the kind of band like. Like we all, you know, we love each other still, but we all loved each other. There was no, even the fucking nerd, fucking John Willie, who was like a fucking rockabilly fool with his JP look, you know, like, like everybody got along and everybody really had a good time. And, and this, it's like, there's no, there was no outlier in the band where you're Mm -hmm. like this fucking kid, he's mad talented, but he fucking sucks. Like not, it was an amazing group of dudes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, uh, it just like, it made us like better friends because it was so fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. it was just like you know and you know it's just like fucking you know like in poor florida white trash we should know brutal but i you know <laughs> when you're when you're fucking eating like marzipan fucking Ugh. ritter sports and you know paprika prinkles to survive because oh my god like nobody showed up yeah. to your show in italy yeah you know what i mean like you know it was just it was brutal dude oh, and
0: that, that's the thing too i feel like every band i know who go to europe like Get sick literally on the plane, and they're just oh, sick wow. the entire time they're in Europe for whatever yeah. reason. And, um, uh, we always talk about, uh, the, the Horse the Band Earth tour that they did. Mm. This, they self booked a 43 country world tour, like via MySpace. Oh my God. Most prolific <laughs> DIY band of all time. Yeah. I'll fight to the death about that. But, all right. Yeah. They, they, they booked an entire world tour via MySpace, and, uh, yeah like there's a there's a 10 plus hour documentary about it that they did uh but yeah they're just (laughs) sick the entire time (laughs) oh that's such a
2: bummer dude we never got sick i don't think but
0: yeah they're just they're just all everyone has like a runny nose the entire trip yeah Mm.
2: we yeah no we weren't sick we just had such a series of bad luck and um then we got home and we were like and nobody wanted to be in a fucking hardcore band. I can tell you that when we got home <laughs> and then we had the six week tour plan, John quit and our friend, you know, like I said, we had to go to a fucking funeral and then, um, yeah. And then we were like, what the fuck are we going to do? We have to cancel and kill the man. Mm. And then Jeremy, their drummer, who was an incredible drummer. He was like, I'm pretty sure if you guys come here, I can learn enough for us to at least do like the East coast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we could do the East coast. And and we did. We were there in Philly for like maybe four or five days. He learned about he learned a set. You know, we have a set, you know, like a 20-minute set. Yeah. That all, that's all we could play. No you requests. Know? No requests. No fucking we're gonna do get the kid with the sideburns at the end or some shit, you know. <laughs> and like, and we blew it. And and by the time we got to fucking Orlando, which was the last reversal show, we didn't play a Tampa show. Jeremy was like, we were like, fuck, dude, wish Jeremy lived in Florida, you know, because he was like fucking a perfect like addition to the band and he yeah. was so good and he understood it all and he got all of john's weird like i don't know how to play i can play parts you know and like
0: <laughs> yeah and like, that's yeah you because know, jeremy's like a, jeremy's recreate. like a real
2: drummer you know yeah. what i mean? like I think, so <laughs> i think that's the the only reversal
1: show i ever saw i think was was that um, at like um, Stalin 13 or whatever
2: or what did it we play? was
1: philly at the 4040 with rambo oh yes
2: yes that show yes that Rambo. show i think changed my life oh my fucking god so you basically saw us at the beginning we played dc the night before and it was oh, rough yeah. oh, but man. philly wasn't too bad i remember no, it was great
1: there was another band called oh, Rambo. love sick on that show
2: i don't remember that
1: i, I think remember they Rambo. played first there was yeah. there was a uh, it was a drummer that sang. That was the biggest. I bought the seven inch. I was <laughs> yeah, like, "This yeah. is dumb. I love this." Yeah, that's um, funny. <laughs> yeah, what a show! Uh, it was the first time I ever heard the "Get the Kids with the Get the Kid with the Cybern Story." Yeah, everybody, everybody went ape shit. What a fun fucking show! Yeah, and what a fun venue that lasted six months or something. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know, yeah. like... That's why
2: I'm not remembering. That's why I thought it was like Stalag or whatever. Yeah, you know, what i mean was, like
1: it was like a big empty room. Um like, right off of Penn, University huh. of Penn campus.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, and I want to say, yeah, six months. But it was yeah. it was like uh, the
1: precursor to uh, Union Transfer.
2: Dude, <clears throat> I remember that, because I remember Rambo, because Rambo left a yeah. massive impression on me. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, such but a Rambo's great
1: band. Rambo's doing a show coming up. Oh, really? really? What's the
2: kids do saying for that Tony? story? Tony? Tony, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes.
0: The, yes, uh, yes. While, while we're talking drummers, uh, The snare sound on this record is incredible.
2: On Misery Index? Yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, Proctor, here's what I love about Asak, and here's what I love about Rob Proctor, and here's what I love about Steve Heritage. Those dudes mastered their craft and then walked the fuck away. (laughs) Yeah. Like, when Asak broke up, like, Rob went on to do um, some weird, like, power metal band. I can't, uh, uh, what was it called? I'm sure you can find it on their Wikipedia. I can't believe I can't think of the name. You know, it's like Citadel or you know some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But like, basically, Rob Proctor is like, and and I can't speak for Rob, and I haven't talked to Rob in fucking twenty years. But like, my viewpoint always was that he was such an accomplished, amazing, crazy, fucking nightmare drummer that like literally hit his peak, and when Assuck like fucking it like exploded, he was just kind of like, you know what, I'm good. Like I've mastered the drums. I don't need to do this. I'm gonna go on to do something else. Oh. and St- And Steve was kind of like that too. You know, like he was such a, an incredible guitar player and they mastered that ASIC thing. And then it was like fortuitous probably that they fucking broke up. You and, know what I mean? Uh, Rob played
1: drums in one of, uh, one of you and I's collective, uh, favorite bands.
0: Is it uh, Discord and Saxis?
2: Discord and Saxis. Yeah. Okay, so he <laughs> I, he definitely I think like he maybe like witty or something was like doing you know maybe he was like injured or maybe quit mm-hmm. or something like that. But I do remember Rob. Like the thing about Discord and Saxis though is that Discord and Saxis is was such an assuck suck rip in general. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's one of the only like like you know whatever influence to fucking flight. Like things I've ever seen, where it's a very good study of what Assuck did. Yeah, you know, like not so perfect, and there's differences. No, I thought I thought Discordance was a great band, and with fucking you know Dave on on drums or whatever, and not Proctor, because I don't even think I've ever heard Proctor on a Discordance record. Huh. I don't know. If he, I don't where, know if he did I'm live i check stuff. my source real quick. Yeah, do that. <laughs> um, but they were a cool band. I thought you know what I mean, and they were. Yeah. And and where they took that influence and they moved it. Like, to a different area of, like, that, especially even in their design, their record design. Oh, and, yeah. That, well, you know that, I mean? That's
0: the thing that initially I know Drew Andrew is that their CD case was a DVD uh, case.
2: Oh, that's dope. I always just liked <laughs> that it looked like like it could have just been, like, like a rave compilation.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? You know what I mean?
2: Like, their art, I was always like, this is cool. And, like, much like how what we tried to do with combat, where we were just like, yeah, there's this thing. What can we do different than this thing? Mm-hmm. You know, I just
0: love, and, like, their their design language, too, was very much, like, the the album cover was, like, the blue sky, which yeah, is very totally. much, like, a thing that repeats in my in my art as well, and it's something yeah. that very, like, gravitates towards. And it's kind of similar to, like, the whole idea of, like, that Death Heaven record, Sunbather, that, sure. like, it's a death metal record, or black metal, or whatever you want to call it, but, like, sure. it's all pinks and oranges and yellows and yeah. just, like, a very, you know, it's a different not what you expect same deal like you said with combat it's just like yeah. this isn't a black and white fucking just classic death like black metal aesthetic you yeah know, it's, it was it's it was the ton. opposite
2: yeah and that was like really important early on for us and, and like for me especially like being in charge of the art or whatever i just i love all those black and white like fucking you know pictures of fucking starving children sell records records you know what i mean yeah like, you know like i love infested uh, uh, yeah i'm capitalist and fucking all that shit that stuff is incredible to me and if you look at what i do now which is just really like lazy work it just leans on that stuff now like gone is all the color out of my art you know what i mean for Mm -hmm. the most part so Mm -hmm. like but at that time like we were just like we i just saw something different and my biggest influence at that time as a kid was like uh this guy named gary panter and gary panter uh worked on on Pee-wee's Playhouse. He was a punk artist out of LA. You know, he did, um, like, the Screamers logo. Have you ever seen the Screamers logo? That's, like, is one of he, his more famous punk is things. He, like,
0: is he the guy who did the documentary or was in the documentary Beauty is Embarrassing?
2: I don't think I've ever seen it.
0: Oh, God. Uh, it's I, I don't know if it was him. Did he end up doing the artwork? It's, like, a... He would take like landscape paintings and then like do box like word like letter words in them in like perspective. Yeah. He was another guy who um he he was also on Pee Wee's Playhouse as like a right. set decorator and a set designer. Yeah.
2: Um, um I, I don't I don't think if, if that's in Gary Panther's, you know, like portfolio, I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever seen
0: it. But, okay. but um, great documentary but, though, by the way. It's yeah, it's, that's, it's really interesting. Oh,
2: I think I know what you what you're talking about yeah I do you know what you're talking about let I let me think of the see name. if
0: that's the guy oh that's wayne white is that guy wayne white did beauty is embarrassing
2: i feel like i've seen i've actually seen it now that we're talking about that yeah. but um but gary was like a huge influence on me at that time and also realistically speaking like combat's art aesthetic wouldn't exist without rob zombie okay
0: all right you know? that's like, interesting
2: because like when rob zombie when white zombie wasn't uh, Los Exorcisto, when they were doing records before, and they were like a New York, like trashy, like rock band. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, like Puss had used to write about him in Thrash Zone, you know, or, huh, like a, in, yeah. a, or a Puss Zone in, in Thrasher or whatever. And they were like a horror movie kind of thing, and they had all these bright colors and all this weird kind of art. And ponch and I really loved it. Interesting. You know, and, um, and then when Los Exorcisto came out, and there was all these like zombies with like fluorescent green zombies and all this mm-hmm. shit all over the art. And then they became a huge band and they relied on that kind of like imagery. Like, that was a massive, that hit me pretty hard at, like, 13, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it carried with me through, like, I went to art high school, like, fame, you know, in Florida. And, like, then I stopped doing art after high school, and then when we started combat, I was, like, literally the only qualified person. Yeah. And I was, like, I was, like, okay, well, you know, like, literally, like, hold my non-alcoholic beer, you know what I mean? Like, let's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's do some crazy shit. And it's funny, because it's kind of a zeitgeist moment, too, is that there were other bands... And things kind of doing the same aesthetic, like in Providence, you had like Lightning Bolt and like mm-hmm. the Fort Thunder team doing aggressive music and using these crazy fluorescent colors. It was just like this timing thing. And then the Locust happens, and obviously yeah. they're they're like outray fucking craziness and that kind of art. You know what I mean? And it was just like the right time. Everybody had, there was, you know, there's no fucking real internet at that point. Yeah. So it's not like we're all fucking like talking to each other. I think literally yeah. it was just like a galaxy brain thing where everybody at the same time was like. Oh, we should be doing this because yeah. do you need another like charred child Xerox to death with yeah. an unreadable like Agathocles fucking logo on top of it?
0: Which you know, is interesting because like, that that shit has now come back again full circle in like absolutely. like like any of the Pissgrave record covers are just oh, like brutal. It yeah, like I, I personally can't can't look at it. It's <laughs> Not hard. for me. It's all, uh, when I,
2: if i ever I've, when I've listened to like the last piss grave record at some point and i remember like looking down at my phone and being like oh god come on dude yeah I, <laughs> I was never i was never a
0: rotten.com or like ogre no. person ever and no. that's all their stuff is like one of their album covers is like the famous like metal like the motorcycle accident photo from rotten.com you know it's like no mm. thank you the the music yeah. is, is amazing the, i mean oh. the music sounds like the picture it, yeah, it is accurate representation of the this art. De- There's
2: definitely, 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 one hundred percent. Yes.
0: Yeah. This is you definitely know? the music, the soundtrack to someone boiling alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I would appreciate <laughs> if it had that kind of record cover, and I put it on, and it was just like fucking Paul Oakenfold. Oh, but like, yeah. you know, that, what I mean, but but <laughs> I will take what the music sounds like with that cover I, as it is now. I do you know? love like,
0: that. There's a really. I wish the the whole album held up, but there was a there was a I guess technically a rapper named rumor rmr who did a song called rascal that's mm-hmm. literally an interpolated version of a rascal flat song huh. uh but the whole song is about fuck cops and yeah. and like selling drugs yeah, yeah but it's sung like a rascal flat song on piano and stuff and then the entire video is just everyone in ski masks wearing like plate carriers and pointing guns at the camera and it's so fucking good.
2: <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. I'll to, oh yeah, I'll look that I up. I will absolutely get send that yeah. to you when we yes, get off please. the pod. Yeah, that's but,
0: awesome. Uh, uh, it's and it was like a viral thing a couple summers ago, but the the, the record I didn't hold up as as well as that one song. But just like I love that aesthetic of like the the mixed message, the art doesn't necessarily represent the the art, you know, mm-hmm. vice versa. Absolutely. But uh but yeah, it's. I'm trying to think what other. I mean, the the stuff on this record getting back to the record real quick oh yeah yes absolutely it's just like there's certain things that really stick out like i love the harmonics on Mm -hmm. intravenous Mm -hmm. like the the just the not like pinch harmonics but like the harmonics you get just lifting your fingers off the fretboard Mm -hmm. and like i i love that sound it's such a cool like thing i feel like a lot of bands don't necessarily utilize no
2: because i think i i feel like it's like almost like something you figure out as a mistake
0: yeah, it's like a palm you know I mean? mute, but yeah. with your with your fretboard hand and yeah. not your palm. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah,
2: totally. It's no, it and like shit, like like corners. I mean, every song on this record is a fucking banger. Yeah, and just when you think like, oh man, have they have they spent it? They like just they hit you on the climax, <laughs> like last three songs. you're just Yeah, like, Fuck it. I'm gonna beat uh, you to fucking death. Dude. Oh yeah, like,
0: on uh, that like lumbering riff on Monument to Failure. Uh huh. It's like I've heard that in so many other places like after this you know like uh there's a really great band i like stumbled upon years ago called low low places Hmm. uh also a really great album cover like a a kind of black and white but (laughs) um mosaic style like collage of of weird like yeah like the the charred baby and the one (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Yeah,
2: just a carcass uh, record
0: basically yeah Yeah, but just that very kind of lumbering like boom 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 boom, that like just kind of carries on and it's just so heavy and guttural Mm -hmm. and it's like it just puts you in this like feeling in your chest and it's it's it like i'm like i hear that like i know where they got that now
1: yeah know? do you do you think that first rage against the machine record pulls from that same pool
0: it's i've never not, listened to it personally it's
2: not impossible to think that mm. morello has heard something like Asak. Yeah. you yeah. know what i mean and i a hardcore worth. guy
0: right yeah Zach yeah, was yeah. a hardcore Inside, guy that was so, great.
2: yeah you know it's not impossible i know i mean it's that, that famous video or whatever of rage and he's wearing a crudo shirt yeah mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's not impossible that these guys found this music or heard this music you know what I mean it's possible I don't think I've ever listened to a Rage record all the way through you know even at at their height I was not interested in that yeah you know and I hear it occasionally now like if I'm like you know I'm like everybody else in the world, and I ride my peloton. You know what I mean? Right. like And I'm like, oh, I I just don't know if I have a Britney Spears ride in me, but I listen. <laughs> sometimes sometimes I do. I'm just like, yeah, dude, yeah. let's do this, dude. Let's yeah, toxic this sure. fucking. Let's toxic let's toxic this ride out, dude. Let's do it. Let's do it. But oh, like yeah. sometimes I'm just like, I just I'll put on this fucking rock ride, and then I'm like, what is this? I'm like, oh, this is rage. Oh, all right. Yeah. It's all right actually. I don't know what yeah, I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, not terrible. Then. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice
0: when it's divorced a little bit from the context. I think yes, for sure. I feel like it's a it's like I, I enjoy what they're doing but it's like a little too overwrought a little too on the nose you know just
2: but i you know but then on the flip like it's all thematically correct that it's on the nose oh, because sure. of their position of like what they thought they could probably do and, and you know everything is so like no we're not fucking around there's no monkey shines here guys yeah this is the deal and that comes down to how the music plays out too and i think like i can respect that even if i hear it and go i'm not a funky dude so i yeah. don't need a funky breakdown
0: well that that's you know? like, like uh i just went to the the josh klein opening at the whitney uh i haven't seen that yet it it just opened a couple weeks ago but like yeah. it's it's like you know uh police stormtroopers dressed as teletubbies and sure. uh severed arms with amazon tattoos on it and sure and like, it's it's just like This is, it's, like, dystopian, but so far overwrought and, like, just hand-wringing dystopia. It's just like, oh, my God, I hate it so much. It's, like... The problem with
2: work like that... (laughs) Corporate
0: bad. And it's like, yeah, no
2: shit. (laughs) Every generation has it now.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: But I... I, I, Whatever. I think political artwork is fucking useless.
0: It has to be so clever and so, like... Not even clever, but like it's, it's, you know, it when it's done well because you don't think about it immediately. Sure. Like when it's, nobody
1: does it very well now because people are
2: dumber.
0: Yeah. Uh, And also, everyone on the board of the Whitney are like those same people. (laughs) Um, And obviously,
2: like, I don't want to sound like a fucking crank or anything, like a fucking, you know, right wing crank, but like, there's a work isn't always now, work is there to fill a gap and not because it's good. Yeah. And so, and mm. and that has a lot to do with just woke culture in general and like people not wanting to be called out anymore. And yeah, so they right. feel like they're going to put something like that in the Whitney and they're like,
3: and,
0: it, it oh, can, and it, we
2: threw up, and we threw up, we threw out like a fucking a black lady on the fucking board and we're good.
0: It it buys you, and, you a know, get like, out of jail free card exactly. for, for and your, and I'm just something like, else.
2: I'm just like, fucking, you could fucking, you can pass me on that shit. <laughs> and, you know, like, I just think like it, political art, if some people don't want legacy they don't care about legacy and they don't want longevity i just like political artwork is a flash in the pan yeah and you know you only remember certain things like you could just again like who needs to see any trump art and now we look at like reagan punk art and we're like oh that's so cute and nostalgic you <laughs> i was know? gonna like, say i do know.
1: actually <laughs> you know? i do actually really like reagan punk art because yeah. i i think that imagery was some of the first you know,
2: like legacy punk shit that I ever saw. Absolutely. Um, And it it really like, it has its place, but it's like that didn't do any good either. And so, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I guess like, Mm. I just like political art is, is uh, I understand it's a, it's importance to some people, but I just think like you might end up always just be remembered. uh, Like the guy who painted uh fat Trump on a toilet, you know what I mean? And you're like, Oh yeah, it was a really (laughs) good painting. Hmm." You know, but that's all you did and who cares i I don't i don't give a fuck about legacy but i know that like if you're taking yourself serious as a fucking artist you know what i mean and like you want to make something of yourself and you want to not have to fucking do anything but do your stupid art Mm. i don't know i just don't think being like the political guy is the thing yeah i i could go
0: on and on about that shit especially like every year the whitney like i go to the whitney biennial it makes me want to burn my like whitney card like a fucking draft card like because dude. they they chose. i'm like this is the future of art like this it's... is the direction of art and it's literally like a, a an lcd screen with a cgi character that looks like a zombie wearing a fedex shirt or something I and hated it's like that shit dude and, it, and it's just it's like everywhere and it's like you know especially i'm a photographer Yep. So the, the photos they choose to promote as like is stuff that's like already seen on Instagram five years ago. Like here's a here's a picture of a cafe closed in downtown Los Angeles at night. And it's like <sighs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean the best the best uh Whitney biennial I ever saw was like I think 2003.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's been a hot minute since that's been good, I'm sure. Yeah. Two thousand
2: three it had um uh, Matt Green, it had Banks Violet, it had fucking the Fort Thunder team, it wow. had a fucking Sue De Beer. I mean, everything that like really shaped art for the next decade in New York was yeah. in this fucking biennial. Yeah, and it yeah. And fucking, hasn't
0: been relevant since
2: it like really hasn't, you know, every you know, there's always so, there's at least always something. But yeah. most but it's 80% like uh what are we looking at, dudes? Like this yeah. is garbage, man. Mm-hmm. Like and whatever. Art's objective and what a, who cares and like fucking hey they're, they're in the biennial and i'm not so what the fuck you, you know, know. What I mean? even if they're like a fucking even if they're like a like a you know a fucking diversity hire yeah. you know what i mean like you know it's just right. like they're in there i'm not that's cool you know
0: what i mean like oh uh, I'd, mm. I'd be remiss not to to come back to it but uh i wanted to mention yeah. adam and his package one more time because that sure, is where i first heard about asak was oh, he mention
2: him in a song? In Punk yeah. Rock
0: Academy, he That's says, right. mm-hmm. "and maybe we can get Assuck to play the senior prom." Yeah, and I was like, "Who the fuck is Assuck?" Yeah. And that was like the first time I like looked into it, like how twenty-five years ago, like yeah, crazy.
2: So here's the cool thing about Assuck too is that like in all these grindy kind of bands even bands that we were in or even bands that are like fucking Asuck adjacent like the power violence movement on the west coast mm-hmm. Asuck used to play like find themselves in the weirdest bills for Okay what they were so you could go to a show and you'd be like okay so it's ass-suck it's Adam the Getup Kids are playing and then maybe <laughs> fucking like Hatebreed is playing <laughs> You know what I mean? Like amazing. What are all these bands doing together? But Asak always ended up in these shows, like these bills that we would see, like when they went on tour, where you'd just be like, How are you playing with Braid? You know, like (laughs) but like all those kind of kids like loved Asak. Asak was like the band that, like, if you were like, if you had feelings and you were like into Moss Icon, you know, or like fucking whatever, like, you know, you could like Asak. Like Asak was like the band that, like, if you were like an emo kid. Asak was like your hard band.
0: Mm-hmm. How did they you know? pull it off live?
2: Incredibly. Yeah. Yes. Like when they were just a three piece and it was Paul, their original singer, Steve, and fucking Rob with no bass, and like the in the fucking like late nineties, it was fucking insane. Like because they could, they were like an exciting man to watch, and also they sounded like something. And wow. then when Paul left, they got this. Uh, kid who we all kind of grew up with named spinach, <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. spinach. Dude, everyone's spinach, got one dude spinach is the best if you want to know anything about any florida hardcore spinach has a crazy memory of every single thing that's ever every show what the flyer looked like he was like insane <laughs> so i think like spinach was like always around and he knew all the asec lyrics so when paul left the band they literally were like well this kid could do it because it becomes a movie rockstar
0: you know, no, it's totally like the movie rockstar <laughs> It's just like the movie Rockstar. <laughs> and so
2: spinach <laughs> was in the band for a little while, and then they got a bass a bass player named Steve Kasiba, and they filled out the uh, filled out the lineup a, a little bit and um, and they were just it was everything that you hear on the record, it was just almost always perfect live. But they weren't boring to watch either. You know what I mean? They were like an exciting band. And then when spinach left and it was just Steve doing vocals even then as like a three piece, they were just such a strong band there's some really good uh youtube clips out there of them hmm. playing like just an incredibly amazing live band but they, that's the thing it's like so with like adam is a great example you know just name dropping him in that song it's just like asic was like the band that like everybody loved no matter what genre you were a part of you know what i mean you're like oh i like i love cap and jazz or whatever oh and assex playing at fucking abc new rio we're gonna go you know like <laughs> yeah. you know you know it's just like was one of those bands you know like hmm. so they were just uh you know they were like that but i had forgot about that adam thing
3: they yeah, were also
2: so far. was also a political band right yes very much so yes but it was you know it, I'm not saying any of those guys didn't believe all their bullshit, but it's <laughs> was just like, kind of knows that to me was like the biggest front of the band. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not it to say like that they didn't believe
1: anarchist, in anarchist, but... Yeah,
2: totally. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like the, well, we're not going to write about, uh, we're not going to be the meat shits and had do like porn grind and we're not going to uh-huh. be, <laughs> you know, you
0: know, what porn are we going to do? It's a, a fascinating genre.
2: I mean, it's, it's,
0: it's something huge in Europe.
2: Really? And like mostly Eastern. Europe, yeah. So you know what I mean? But like, mm. it really, like, like the meat, like, you know, I always mention them, but like the meat shits were one of the best of the porn grind bands back in the day. They were just the worst <laughs> band.
0: I'm trying to think. I think uh, Catatonic Youths had uh, posted a, f- a few things from, like, there is, like, a weird porno grind fest that happens in, like, Germany or something. Of course. And it's just, like, the weirdest people wearing, like, strap-on dildos on stage yep. mm-hmm. while wearing, like, S&M gear and then Love just it. doing, like, guttural inhales the entire time.
2: <laughs> Incredible. And playing nothing. You know? <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that's, that just, sounds awesome, actually. Just the you know,
0: same. But, and the same blast beat just over and over again.
2: But with Asak, like those lyrics, I think it was just, it was, it was like, like, again, I can't speak for Steve and I can't speak for Paul or whatever, but my view of it always was, and maybe it's because I knew him a little bit. It's not that they didn't believe that bullshit. You know what I mean? It's just that like, what else were they going to do?
3: Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what you did. you know, you didn't have very many options in grind to sing about things. It's like, you were either gory, Mm -hmm. sexual, or mm-hmm. you talked about how things are bad and we should be like helping the planet, <laughs> yeah, you know, and yeah. like politicians suck and everything else and cops are bad, like shit that we all know. Yeah, you know man. what I mean? But it's just like, that's what they prop themselves up on. But it wasn't, I don't really ever think that it was about that. It was literally about like writing the most dynamic grindcore song. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah, taking that minute and being like, dude, riff, 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 crazy breakdown, Rob's fucking all over the drums and done. And it's catchy as fuck. That's the thing about Asok, too, is that they've got riffs, dude, yeah, riffs for days,
0: yeah, absolutely simple,
2: catchy, like I said, like Steven and 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 Rob were like they were like students, they understood like they like literally like just like fucking, you know, like fucking goodwill hunting style, just like could see the thing <laughs> and could break it apart and take the best bits and put it into the thing and make it really awesome. They were see, like now students I'm
1: trying to imagine fucking. Matt Damon playing grindcore. That would be awesome.
2: <laughs> Wait.
0: Um Matt what?
1: Matt Damon. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh goodwill hunting. World. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm still thinking of Rockstar.
3: <laughs> and <laughs> yeah,
0: that yeah, incredible I, I mean, Mark I Wahlberg also performance. To see
1: Mark Wahlberg do grindcore. Yeah, exactly. now he's he's out there praying,
2: dude. So
0: I, I feel s- like he's waking up at 2 30 in the morning to get a get a nine holes of golf in before the world wakes up.
2: And then do Man. like three hours in the gym and then eat. And dude, he looks incredible. Whatever, it's fine. It's you know, working yeah. for him. him. Yeah, you know, he's like one of the biggest dummies who's figured it out, and I can always appreciate that. <laughs> you know, like yep. So just that stupid Boston, Bostonness. So guys, I think we did it.
0: I think I think we did it. We didn't get to talk about your porno career. No. In in that's right. uh, maybe that's why you like porno grind so much, as you you were embedded in the scene. I was
2: deeply embedded in the scene for three years. <laughs> you know. But...
0: But uh, I, I am a fan of the uh, Today in Adult Film Tumblr account.
2: Wow, that's a that's a pull.
0: Yeah, very. Uh, as someone who still currently uses Tumblr in in an sure. artistic capacity. I appreciate yeah, yeah. it. Uh, yeah, it was,
2: it was it was it was fun to do when I was there. Yeah, it's like what can't you know? I don't want to take pictures of naked people because there's yeah. enough pictures of naked people. But I was the set decorator there, so I had access to all the cool shit. You know, yeah. what I mean? So yeah, yeah
0: no, I, it's I really, real cool people. People look that up. It's it's a cool archive you got going on
2: yeah yeah for sure i haven't looked at it in a long time maybe i should go down memory lane actually <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i have, a, I have a, a going on 14 year photo project on tumblr that i'm terrified every day that it'll just disappear one day
2: <laughs> sure because you never know yeah you should link me to that because i'd love to see it you know? yeah, Cause, yeah yeah it's,
0: it's fun we'll we'll yeah. talk off pod for sure of course we will but uh yeah i think i think we did it uh, yeah, we
2: we splattered it up. We, we yeah, went, we went yeah. all over. We went all <laughs> everyone, over the fucking place. Yeah,
0: everyone, uh, stay tuned for our Patreon only movie podcast. <laughs> Ooh, nice. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, so <laughs> yeah,
2: make some money. <laughs>
0: uh Chris, drop drop the plugs. What do you got coming up? Where can people um, find the new book? What do you got coming on? Where can okay, people so find you?
2: Everybody already knows that. Probably that is listening to this knows that the reversal man discography is out on repeater records. It's a triple vinyl thing of all the reversal stuff. Um, I designed the gatefold cover and Jeff did the inside. Cause I just refused to do the booklet. And, um, <laughs> we have recently pulled our cat, our, the combat discography from no idea. And, um, dark operative is going to be reissuing vinyl of all the combat records.
0: Oh, fuck. Tony didn't okay. want to do it.
2: Huh? Tony didn't want to do it. Which Tony? Tony, From No Idea?
0: Tony Brummel from
2: Victory. Oh. Oh, um, no... I'm not gonna air any dirty laundry here. Yeah, on let's that. not do that. Um, right. Yeah, us yeah. no. we'll just
1: cut back. Let's out. <laughs> just say that we pulled we pulled
2: our discography from no idea and 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 dark operative, uh Brent over at Dark Operative, who used to run Magic Bullet, um, is uh going to be taking it all. He just put it all up, re-up, re-put it all on streaming. So we've got nice. that coming out. So vinyl will be slowly come out over the next year. It's gonna be all I'm doing all full redesigns of everything. Oh shit. Sure. Um because i don't have original files of any of that stuff so it's not like we could (laughs) my archives are mostly thrown away so i don't really keep anything so i have to like basically redo everything um we're gonna make them look like bootlegs almost you know that's cool. i love it you know so with some like new art here and there and that's kind
0: of like when on the might of princes did their reissue i don't think i've ever seen that uh they're from long island band but it's like an old family looking photo Uh and they're the reissue is like i guess they didn't have the file size big enough to blow it up on an lp right so they just made it small and looked like it was duct taped to like a photo that's really fun.
2: that's awesome (laughs) that's cool yeah (laughs) yeah we're basically going to be doing some of that or i'm going to be doing it and then after that um i have the holy day which is my new novel uh coming out in october uh pre-orders are going to happen soon um 200 pages of mostly actually plotless, but still a story, a uh, tale of a teen detective, a former teen detective, a, a Nancy Drew type who goes on vacation to die. Um, and I think that's it. You can find me at ugh, uh, steak mountain and that's steak as in the food MTN, not steak mountain spelled out.com. Um, and that has pretty much nothing I've ever done on it except, you know, A small archive and but you know you get the point yeah how many times do you need me to see the fucking see me xerox a fucking skull to not get the point
0: (laughs) you know what i mean like you know but it doesn't get old somehow i think that's why you really nailed it
2: some somehow it doesn't get old but i've been doing it for 30 years and i was actually just telling chelsea this it's like there's not a year that's gone by that i probably haven't xeroxed a skull i love it so you know um so yeah you can find me there um same thing on the stupid socials twitter and instagram where there's also nothing so good luck seeing that um <laughs> i basically just deleted all that stuff too um so yeah just good luck finding steak mountain it's cool man <laughs> it's <like> a <laughs> yeah it's
0: it's like uh yeah. it's like a, yeah. a scavenger, hunt. You yeah, scavenger kinda, well, yeah you gotta I pull from all the I resources to get the big picture
2: if you care, just go to the second page of Google when you Google me, you'll probably find some stuff. You
0: know? Amazing. And
2: be that person who goes to the second page. You know? So <laughs> Dan, how about you? Uh
0: well, you can follow us uh on, on Patreon. We do have a, a, a Patreon account, Patreon.com slash run into the ground. Uh and we, we got a new mixtape up right there right now. Um we got a bunch of backlogged episodes that you can check out that will be unlocked with a measly five dollars a month. So I'm definitely do that. It, really. Our Patreon crew is growing. Our Patreon army uh, <laughs> of people with $5. Uh, you don't want to be the person who t- doesn't have $5 to give us. Don't yeah, be that person. I,
1: I would say I care about all of you, and I. I think we would be closer if you... Uh, took a small financial leap towards our friendship.
0: Yeah, Tithe. Tithe to run into the ground.
1: I've been been workshopping a tweet about like how uh, a lot of my friends like I miss and I think if there was a financial aspect to our (laughs) friendship (laughs) we'd be closer. Uh, Uh,
0: Yeah, you know, if if you're not supporting our Patreon, really, really take a good look at yourself. Yeah, losers. Um, uh, But yeah, you can follow me at Dambasini on Twitter and Instagram. dambasini.com No Invite Volume 10 is out now officially. I just sent a bunch out in the mail. It is shipping. Uh, the price has gone up. I'm so sorry, but I gave you warning. Film is just so expensive. Uh, but, big news. June 1st at Morrison Hotel Gallery in Soho. From 6pm to 8pm, I will be having a release party and photo exhibition For No Invite Volume 10, I'll also be showing pictures from No Invite Volume 9 that haven't been shown publicly yet. Come hang out. There'll be beer. It'll be free. Make myself, you know, make me look good. Come on. Uh, Yeah,
2: and it's at the Morrison Hotel. I've seen that place.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a classic. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it's a cool place. There'll be some, uh, you know, some heritage music photography on the wall, the Hollowed Halls. Uh, But yeah, I'll be showing some work as well. Uh, So come out, buy a book. Buy it in person. Give me a kiss. We'll have (laughs) fun. Uh, Andrew, what do you got to plug?
1: I have nothing to plug, but I do want to say by the time this comes out, the new Jerome's Dream record will have just come out. Ah, Friends what's the Pod. What's up, up, Eric? And I hope everybody listens to that record because it's fucking incredible. Uh, I'm still so
0: sad and mad at myself for spelling your name wrong (laughs) on our title card.
2: Oh, did you give him a C instead of a K?
0: No, no, it, I just spelled Rattensperger like oh, wrong, and then Andrew yeah, corrected well, it, and then, that <laughs> and then it was also wrong, but I'm, it really you know. it really botched the rollout of that episode, and I think that episode's really good. So, Oh,
2: man, I love Eric. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It, it led to some issues in our, uh, not, not personal issues, but definitely some marketing issues. But, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, everybody else, uh, rate, review, subscribe, all the dumb bullshit that you have to do for podcasts that's really annoying, and we hate it, but it helps us out. And, uh, dude, uh, fucking Chris, this is an absolute pleasure. No, what a I'm blast. no listen,
2: yeah. Awesome. You know, I mean, I appreciate you guys having me and I, you know, I, I can come back next week and I won't cancel. We can do two episodes. Yeah. You know, I, yes.
0: you know,
1: I was thinking oh, the whole time we were talking, I was like, I think we need to do a Patreon goes to the movies episode with you. Yeah. We've been I'll doing do some Please, movies episodes.
0: We just, uh, we just put one out for, uh, spend an evening with saddle Creek
2: yeah yeah i we, saw i saw you, uh, the post about it i'd yeah. be
0: very interested on your take on, <laughs> on yeah on I the saddle known, creek I, the first 10 years of saddle creek i think that'd be a lot of fun
2: yeah it would be a blast <laughs>
0: but uh but yeah it'd, it'd be fun to talk about movies and things like that so let's you know, do it yeah absolute absolutely. blast yes. uh but yeah everybody else all right bye-bye see you
3: but those who contain my existence are still our Existence has Already we will Never be able We shall never and will never be able to Let the terror run upon us a lot of eyes I'm of the shaky little girl. I should be so fine, but I can't take is over,